This is a Netflix or podcast podcast brought to you by Netflix. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast brought to you by Netflix. This is what we call a Netflix for podcasts because Netflix always wanted to get into the market of podcasts because so many of our organizations were the Netflix for podcasts. Well, now we are brought to you by Netflix. We are a brand new podcast called Please, another fake newscast. This is brought to you by me, Luke McFarlane, from this podcast Scapegoat, you might know, and my co-host... Uh, Johnny, formerly Johnny Disaster, but uh, I guess Johnny fake... Uh, another fake newscast instead? I don't know, I don't know Not, what. not, not... Don't, don't <laughs> use that <laughs> no, name, don't... Uh, yeah, uh, we'll edit that out. Okay, uh, it's, James, it's... our producer, marked that to be edited out. Okay, well, remember, it's please another fake newscast. This Netflix money is resting on this. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Johnny Disaster for now, but I'll work on that uh, that name. Yeah, so we're starting a brand new podcast called Please a Fake new- a Newscast. And uh, for, this, uh, for this podcast, I just want to say, like, you know, we came up with this original idea and we're talking and we're approached by Netflix and they turned to me and they said, um, are you the guys from Scapegoat Cities podcast? And I said, I certainly am a scapegoat. So they approached me and said, oh, well, yes, we are coming to you. And do you happen to know Greg Sestero from the film uh, Disaster Artists? And I said, I certainly know a disaster artist. So uh, I brought in Johnny. So that that's how we kind of met and we kind of came together for this idea. Yeah, Netflix yeah. have promised us a producer, a load of money, and like great opportunity and potential. So this is our podcast going forward. And, you know, this is going to be probably the top of iTunes by the time you hear this because we've got big backing and big money. Like This might only be a pilot, but this is going to be a daily <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's where the future of podcasting is uh, to be more like radio, I think. So I think what people want is like a three-hour morning podcast every day. Yes, I mean, some people think Saturday and Sunday shouldn't be for podcasting. But like, I think it really should because, you know, myself and Johnny Disaster, we really want to go into the studio and make a really big thing of this podcast. So... Yeah, this is going to be our focus, our joy, and we're going to talk a lot about fake news, which is a topic we know an awful lot about. Yeah, and a topic that just isn't covered enough on on other shows, I I think, these days. You know, I kind of think it's been completely abandoned by other podcasters that, you know, no one's really ever given it a good shot. You know, it's, I came up, I was talking to Johnny about this a couple of days ago, and I said, have you ever thought of doing another kind of podcast, like, once this becomes successful, something called, like, a true crime podcast? <laughs> and th- that, uh, that was a, it was a unique idea, and I'd, I'd never heard that before, you know, I've, I've read true crime novels, I've seen true crime documentaries, but the, the idea of a true crime podcast, that, that really struck me. I was saying, like, Johnny, if we can just, like, get a really morbid story and start making, like, really bad jokes around it while also trying to sell, like, products like underwear and stuff, like, it would just be great for making a huge amount of money. So, you know, that's that's what I said to you. And Netflix said they loved it. They they said they could get us to meet the making a murderer guy and, you know, he'd appear on a podcast. So this is going to be great. 
So that's something that might be a little bit more down the line after we hit maybe our fifth or sixth podcast this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't think of a better way to sell undies than Ted Bundy. Like they go hand in hand. So as you know, uh, this is a fake news podcast. So we're going to be talking all about fake news. I mean, originally when we set our pitch, it was actually about they thought it was going to be about Drake news with the rapper Drake. But uh, we got some threats from his producer, Jay Prince, so we couldn't actually continue with that. But this is going to be all about fake news. So we're going to hit the fake news Ferris wheel and we're going to pick our first story. So I'm going to hit the fake news Ferris wheel right now and we're going to hear what comes next, okay? Yeah. Oh, I've got a good one. I've got a good one, Johnny. So I'm going to read you this story, okay? This, this is a story called Puppy Thrown at German Biker Gang. A German student mooned a group of Hells Angels and hurled a puppy at them before escaping on a, on a stolen bulldozer, police have said. The man drove up to an Hells Angels clubhouse near Munich wearing only a pair of shorts and carrying a puppy. He dropped his shorts and threw the dog, escaping on a bulldozer from a nearby building site. He was arrested later by at his home by police. The 26-year-old is said to have been stopped taking his depression medication. After making his getaway in the bulldozer, he had driven very slowly with a five-mile tailback behind him on the motorway. After driving for about one kilometre, he abandoned the bulldozer in the middle of the motorway near Alderschaffen and continued his journey hitchhiking. What motivated him to throw the puppy at the Hells Angels is currently unclear, said the police spokesman. The puppy is now being cared for in an animal shelter. So that is our first story. Well, I hope the puppy uh, found a home after. That's some ordeal to go through. Well, I mean, I just that's just the part of the story that just doesn't quite click with me immediately. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> so there's no mention there of how he got the puppy. No, or like what? I think maybe he, if he was only in his shorts, maybe he Pot traded that, his shirt. Of for course, a puppy. I don't know why I didn't see that. Because um, I, I mean, I guess getting your hands on a puppy is probably easier than a bulldozer. So I'm not sure why the puppy is what sticks out to me. No, but like, I just like to imagine that like this man had a vendetta against these hell's angels, and he thought like, here these guys are really tough, strong guys. What am I going to do? I'm going to throw a puppy at them and they'll yeah. completely disarm them. Then I'm going to moon them and they're going to be real mad, but I'm going to escape in the <laughs> fastest vehicle possible. A bulldozer. Do you think, it, what, what are the risks of messing with Hell's Angels these days? Well, you know, the more that I started watching Sons of Anarchy, the more I'm just like, oh, hey, these guys are like breaking Brad drug dealers who will just kill you. But then I started watching the Mayans and I'm like, Oh, wait, these guys actually aren't that hardcore. Is the Mayans a spin? That's the spinoff, is it? Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Jesus. Oh, that's that's a spinoff. Like, Sons of Anarchy actually appear in it. But, you see, those are Hells Angels from America, and I'd say they're pretty hardcore. But I think the thing that we're not taking here is it's a mm. German biker gang that they have to be the most efficient possible. <laughs> so within this German biker gang... Like, you know, I think that they have like, Klaus, you cannot go chasing that man for you have just <laughs> polished your boots and you would get them awfully mucky. Plus, you have to look after this puppy. 
that's yeah so maybe that was but i think like i imagine biker gangs like certain biker gangs would still be very dangerous but i think hell's angels because they were so notorious in the 60s and 70s they've kind of become they're, they're more like kiss now like I t- i'm pretty sure you can buy like hell's angels official hell's angels merchandise and stuff yeah i think they're more of, they're more of a brand now they're like they're 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 what wwe is now compared to like i don't know ecw in the 90s okay so it's pretty much you're just like water dud so it could be a bunch of <laughs> german guys so it's like we are hell's angels but it's just a bunch of fat guys wearing like hard rock t-shirts and like planet hollywood hats and being like i bought onto motorbike <laughs> Well, at the at the risk of creating a blood feud with them, that's not what I'm saying. But yeah, kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, I just want to say take the time from this podcast and say because it's going to be so widely <laughs> listened to throughout the world that we do want to start a feud with <laughs> the German Hells And by we, I mean particularly Johnny Disaster. But, like, I've got no problem with you, but, like, if you were hearing some of the things Johnny was saying off mic, dangerous <laughs> fella. So, Johnny, do you want to hit me with one of your stories? Uh, yeah, so I've got a good one here. Uh, this Have you got it off the Ferris wheel? <laughs> Is that what you, you do? Uh... <laughs> okay. All right, 50 grand okay, and Johnny, that's what money well spent right there. Um, beer for Lent. So, uh, it, it is Lent. We're, we're doing this this is a current story uh so as we move into lent and people all over the world uh look for voices to cut out of their lives for this article says 40 days but i believe lent is actually 46 days right yeah but some people don't count sundays because you know jesus only fasted for 40 days so they say right right well for the 46 days or 40 depending on who it is uh they'll be cutting out uh their voices uh Alcohol is one of the bigger ones, of course, but uh, not for Del Hall of Ohio, who is giving up food in favor of only drinking beer for the 46 days. He plans to go the entire period on a diet of what he calls liquid bread. Just days in, he's already lost 15 pounds and doesn't plan to give up anytime soon. Uh, So Del Hall, uh, he's the director of sales at a 50 west brewing company in ohio so uh that's probably why he's doing uh th- this uh f- I-, I don't know if you can call it a fast when you're only drinking beer but uh so i guess it's a promotional tool as well as just being uh what he's calling a-, a diet so you think it's strictly marketing so basically he'll be saying like all the ladies came over to his house as well and you know he was invited to play with the rock band ACDC yeah. that night. Well, he claims that it has like that. There's a historical precedent for it because he he was inspired by German monks from the 1600s who brewed specific beer for Lent, uh, and because they couldn't eat solid foods, so they would brew a certain beer that that would replace their solid food. Uh, I haven't looked up to see if that was actually true, but according to him. I, I take his word for it. I, there's a bit, he looks like a very trustworthy guy. So, so I mean, could you describe his appearance? Well, he, he's very well dressed. <laughs> I did. I sent you this article. You seen a picture of him? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you'd describe him. He just he looks like a nice lad. Like, 
you know, he kind of looks like I'll just describe him here. Um, he looks <laughs> like a disgraced politician. Uh, no, sorry, I'll change that. It looks like Guy Fieri if Guy Fieri undyed his hair and became a disgraced politician. Oh, oh, now I see that. Yeah, I can't unsee that now. But like local council, not like big time politics. You know, I think he would be the villain on like a TV show like Community. It's like here comes the mayor and like, you know, he's played by a reasonably well-known actor and you're like, oh no. <laughs> now, which photo are you basing that on? There's two photos of him here. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm basing it. Very sidetracked. I mean, I'm basing this mostly on the first picture in the suit with the tie, but I can, okay. also, I can also see the one that he's got a bit of a gut. Uh, and he's just drinking a beer on top of a mountaintop. Because in that one, he looks like uh, shit. There's a YouTuber. Um, I think he armored skeptic. Is that a... oh no no no? He does. He looks a bit like skeptic, but skeptic I believe is like reasonably ripped, isn't he? Okay. Like this, I, I this guy's know. got I, a bit I... of a belly, but like he looks, he does. He's got the face of armored skeptic. In I, no, I am going more on face. Yeah, he's got the face of armored skeptic, and like you know. He looks really classy. He's trying. To, he's drinking a beer while he's trying to tuck his shirt into his trousers at the same time. <laughs> I think he's going for a, a French tuck. They call that. Yeah, I, I've I've watched Queer Eye. Well, you know, it's kind of um, he's he seems he seems like a legit guy. So, how strong is this beer that he's drinking? Oh wait, does it actually say? Hold on, um, I've got two articles. I believe it says in the article that it's actually very strong beer. Okay, see, sorry, I had two articles up for some reason, so I might have been reading from one that uh, left it out. But now it's the we, we got sidetracked on how he how he's looking. But the fifteen, the, the fact that he claims to already have lost fifteen pounds, that has to be absolute bullshit. Well, can I tell you what this entire story reminds me of? There was a movie back in two thousand two called Super Size Me, where the Film director Morgan Spurlock decided he would do nothing but eat McDonald's for 30 days, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He wouldn't eat any other food, drink any other drinks. So I think this guy's just decided to supersize me with beer. And <laughs> yeah. the, the funny thing is, like, about that movie is Spurlock actually lost weight for the first two weeks because like a lot of his muscle was turning into fat and fat weighs mm. less in muscle. Yeah, yeah. And he of was course. losing a lot of water and stuff like that. So he kinda lost weight, but he wasn't feeling great. And then by the fourth week he had put on something like twenty pounds on top of what he originally was. So I'd say for yeah. two weeks you could lose it and then it might catch you up, but that's why I was going to say, like, if you weigh yourself after a heavy night's drinking, you'll be lighter than you were the previous day because you've lost so much water weight because you've just been dehydrated all night. So, like, I get the impression this guy's just in extremely dehydrated these last two weeks as well. I mean, would you trust a marketing director who was that? I mean, like, he's a pretty good party dude. And, like, I can imagine him walking down the street with his arm around someone that could only be described as a honey but like, apart from that, you know, <laughs> the um, the fact that as well, it says in this article that uh, he's he is getting a weekly or well biweekly checkups with his doctor to make sure you know he's not killing himself. Essentially, if you need if you if you're doing any sort of challenge for Lent that requires that, 
at at his age i don't think they say his age in the article but he's definitely like he's in his 40s probably don't i mean i kind of think that it's a it's a pretty good marketing ploy but like do you think that he doesn't eat food at all i don't think any of this is real like i think he he's just it's just a good marketing scheme you'll get news of it speaking about like what you need for your body i think you need a certain amount of salt and i don't think beer has the quantity of salt that if he was drinking let's say he was drinking six liters a day he was drinking like 12 pints you know i think that he wouldn't be getting enough salt yeah 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 i wouldn't have thought so here actually say you were to do this challenge say netflix came to you and they were like you know for a promotional stunt you have to (laughs) only drink alcohol for lent producer james check my schedule (laughs) what a drink would you pick what do you think would be the the most doable the most doable or the best for radio was like we need to sell this to netflix johnny so i think i would choose whiskey just for the sake of like the best entertainment but you know if you had to drink only one drink for real what i would choose is it's a kind of rattler which is like half beer half lemonade and it's only two percent so you wouldn't be so you kind of you know like back in the day like in the 1800s people used to like you know work in factories and the water wasn't clean so they were drinking beer all day but this beer wasn't like four percent beer it was like two percent beer or one percent beer sometimes because you didn't want people sloshing around that drunk so you get something lighter. You wouldn't be drinking Carlsberg. You'd be drinking something like Zaltopramen or something like that, which is like half the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Not like with a stout, you'd be getting some iron. Like that's that's a advantage. No, stout's a shout because that would actually fill you up. Yeah. You feel you had like a meal, like. But but you won't be. Much... You certainly won't be losing weight drinking it. Actually, I believe stout is less calories than. Uh, normal beer really it's one of those weird things that i think a pint of beer is about 150 calories while a pint of guinness is only about 117 it's less i mean i might not have the exact numbers but it is actually less it's one of those shocking things because it's got less sugar in it or it's got less sugars in it like in the process so yeah yes it's thicker but it doesn't take that much energy okay yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Like, a stout feels so much, like, heavier in your stomach. I kind of just figured it would be. I never looked into it. Like, I've made stout and I've made lager, and I never even questioned which would have the higher calorie count. I would say that uh, the beer that this guy's drinking, or supposedly drinking, is... I'd say if he is drinking beer, he's drinking something that would be able to sustain you, but I don't think you could last... Like, you're the survival expert with your podcast. Like, what would you say is the longest you could really survive without food if you're having liquid? Oh, Is it 30 days? I Like, it's ter- I think it's 30 days is what they say. But, like, I, I really call that into question. Because I know my body. I think three days and I'd be dead. <laughs> like, but, yeah, they say, ter- is it 40 without, 40 maybe? actually without food and like 13 without water or something is the max hi this is producer james and johnny really just meant to say three 
Well, you know, what I would say maybe he's doing, if this is a legit challenge, is we are talking about a 40-day Lent instead of a 46-day Lent. Mm. And if he's doing a 40-day Lent, he might be eating food and doing stuff to recover on the Sunday if he's taking the Sunday off. So he might be doing like six days a week and then he might be like, okay, I'm taking all these iodine tablets and taking all these sorts of things to replenish my body and stop anything from going too wrong i mean that's the way it might work yeah yeah you would have to be doing it that way if you were to if he is attempting this at all i would guess he's not i mean he's looking at the guy kind of guy this guy is del hall (laughs) i mean i'm guessing this purely based off his looks and we have said some mean-spirited things but you know if i was going to get someone to do this I would probably get someone like a college, a young guy, you know, you just be like, here, here, Chet, you know, here, Chet, we'll give you free beer for 40 days. You just got to promise that you aren't going to do anything else. And he'd be like, Whoa, put me on webcam. Watch me do this, buddies. Like, you know, you could get great publicity and he would do it without like harming the marketing manager and he'd do it just for free beer. And, you know, he'd probably let you do all sorts of invasions of privacy. Well, you know, this, you'd just say, yeah. Well, yeah, is this going to be like a Jared, a Subway Jared thing? I, and I don't mean what happened later to Jared. <laughs> I, as soon as I said that, I regret using him as an example. <laughs> but where these photos they're showing are actually like old photos. And when he finishes this cha- challenge, they'll show him like looking all slim and like better dressed and... Not that I, I think he's actually well-dressed, but... Um... Producer James is just talking to my cans, and I just wanted to say that Subway was to be one of the sponsors later in this episode, and unfortunately, because of those comments, we have to pull out. He says we can't edit that out, so sorry about that, folks. Um, it's how James does things. He's not a great... He, it's the Netflix way, he says, but... Uh, he wouldn't have lasted a day on his ass, right? I know. You know, it might be. Maybe the guy's just going on a diet and says, here, I lost all this weight with beer. But that would be pretty counterintuitive. But if he's drinking beer and he wants to lose weight, you know, do you think, do you really think that he's drinking the equivalent of 2,000 calories a day or more to put on weight? Because, you know, if I was drinking beer, like you can drink a lot of beer in one session. But if you, if you had to drink beer every day of the week, like... It was like a command. I would say that I'd say the first day you'd be like, oh, lovely beer. And you'd overindulge. And the next day you'd be sick as a dog and you'd just be trying to force beer into you just because you you were hungry. And then you'd kind of like the third day, you'd just be like, here, the worst thing I kind of want is beer because my stomach's feeling so carbonated now. So I'd say by the fourth day, you'd just be like, oh, God, no, no, I just need some food yeah. in here. Less but like, beer. I can't even drink an entire, like, if I go out drinking, I can't drink beer for the whole night. By, like, if I go out at, like, nine o'clock, by half eleven, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have a couple of whiskeys now. Because I just feel so full and fucking, I don't know, bloated with beer. Well, I'd say, you know, if he's drinking this old school beer, it might be different. But I kind of agree with you that... You know, once you're kind of so many pints in, I mean, it depends on the alcohol, but if you're drinking something like Carling or Coors Light or one of the beers which are quite fizzy, like, it will destroy you. For sure. But now he's drinking, like, 
it, I would guess what they're brewing is like really good craft beer. So that that'd be far nicer. But the thing with craft beer and stuff, like you just wouldn't drink a lot of it. You usually have like four pints, and you're like, I'm good. Like you know, you're drinking for taste versus just getting drunk or whatever. You kind of nurse your pints and that. So maybe it's a little easier what he's doing. Well, maybe like you know, if if you're pacing yourself, you might be able to do it. But I think we're speaking entirely hypothetical. I would call this fake news. I would too. Um, I think the guy just might be a, a very good marketer. But well, I mean, like he's telling Insider Magazine. And that definitely doesn't sound like the kind of magazine that you could make a sales pitch to and hand over $50 and they'd run an advertisement as a news story. That's true. I mean, like, if you look at the piece which is coming up in uh, Gawker about our podcast, which (laughs) is coming up uh, in next month, like, you'll see that that isn't a paid advertisement. That isn't paid for by Netflix. They just genuinely (laughs) wanted to meet us. And they kind of wanted us to share the limelight with two other podcasters who were you know they're supposedly trying to run another podcast of netflix but i don't think the last they kind of just got them because we're irish so they thought we'll get two other irish podcasters well they did not get them first and we were kind of better james edit that out actually no i mean let's let's be completely real they got them by accident because just let, uh, let's let's just let's just air this dirty laundry. One of these guys is Shane, who used to be the co-host on Disaster Artists. He used to be called Shane Disaster, I believe. Yes, he used to be called Shane Disaster, and like they're trying to find Johnny, and like they're Americans, so they kind of thought like, you know, Johnny is a form of John. Shane's also a form of John going back. So they thought, oh, we'll contact that Jane guy. So they were like, oh, let's find Owen, Shane, Sean. Oh, Shane. Well, I think I, I think the what I, the impression I got is that it turns out that our accents are, are so similar to people not from Ireland. They actually thought the gimmick of the podcast was that it was just one guy talking to himself. I don't think they ever really listened beyond the pilot episode I done. So, well, I mean... <sighs> All they were telling me is they kept talking about mumble rap for some reason and SoundCloud rappers. So I kind of think that they might have been on the right track. But anyway, they got him and they got this other guy who used to do a podcast. And, you know, I think you know him as well. But, like, it's better not to really go into it too far. But these apocalypse guys, is that what they're calling themselves now? You know, I these apocalypse guys and let's 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 just be frank here <sighs> who thinks that's a good concept i mean crickets that's what, what i'm hearing it's not original it's not original you know I, we've already done it like and they're they're just rebranding it and doing it's two yeah. other guys doing a podcast that's already been done that that's had its day it's ridiculous you know, it's kind of like some people want to run out things of class and do like myself and Johnny want to do original podcasting. So that's why we moved into fake news and are going to move into true crime. But like thinking, I mean, like I was looking at the Netflix chart. Isn't like the top 20 podcasts all about reviewing movies about the apocalypse? I believe now. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at it. Isn't that what like that? What do you call it? The Joe Rogan Movie Club experience? Isn't that what that's about? 
Yeah, I read a recent study where there's actually more podcasts about apocalyptic scenarios than there are apocalyptic scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I hear that like they have to do a giant conference and ration them out and say like only you can talk <laughs> about volcanoes now. Mm. You know, like limit it because like we know without that people podcasts would start <laughs> eating themselves. So like you know, this Shane and Paul wanting to share a magazine with us. Like, frankly, I was disgusted and I threw my coffee <laughs> right into the cameraman's face. We're not sharing a camera with them. And like, you know, Shane was all up in you to you being like, oh, I haven't seen you in a bit. Like, how are you, lad? And I just turned my back and just like crossed my arms and said, I'm having nothing to do with this <laughs> freak show. Well, I, I don't even I, I, I can't really add to that. You've pretty much summed up my feelings on the matter. Paul was trying to be a good sport about it, but, you know, I simply said, you know, I liked what I liked what you used to do, but, you know, you can't do an apocalyptic scenarios anymore. Like this thing is so played out and, you know, we're just we're just done. We're just done. So, yeah, I mean, that's just what happened there. But, you know, enough about that. We're OK. Our next sponsor is cancelled. James oh, really? says. Really? How many, okay. how many did we have lined up? Who cancelled? Um, this time cancelling was Gawker Magazine that they said that uh, they were going to run with those apocalypse guys instead of us. So we've got no need to really advertise right. them. It was, it was kind of a bad idea to like have a satellite feed of the recording to the advertisers on, on Second Thought. But that's on, you, that's on you, James. Well, I mean, like, you know, everything that's happened with this, you know, we just like the idea of a live podcast that, you know, the idea of recording a podcast and not letting people hear it raw and powerful. Like, you know, what kind of coward <laughs> edits a podcast? Would you answer me that? Yeah. What kind of absolute coward would edit a podcast? It's like, it's like a writer that uses subtext. Coward. Say what you mean. Oh my God. An absolute coward. I mean, like, it's like musicians that use minor chords. Like, you know, what kind of prick do you think you are to be thinking, oh, I'm going to play these black keys on a piano. We all know that they are just like garnish. Like <laughs> They're there to add some cemetery to the, to the, I really mispronounced that word. <laughs> well, we can't, yeah. Well, we can't edit it out now. I, I think, like, I, I have a feeling like we're going to, we may have to look for a, a new producer. No offense, James, but I think that might be the weak link here. <laughs> well, he said it has to be live and we have to go with that mantra because, you know, we're pleased in our fake newscast and we demand <laughs> fake news and we demand it now. So before we lose any more advertisers, we're going to take another spin of the ferris wheel and johnny can i ask like when we started off with the idea of the ferris wheel it was only about five feet tall but things quickly escalated it, it, it did well when you sent me the schematics for what you had in mind i didn't think they'd fit in a studio not just ours i just did i thought we'd we'd actually need a sound stage but uh you made it work well, I mean, that's why uh, that's why we decided we'd start recording down in Thunderland outside Dublin. <laughs> Live from a deserted amusement park. <laughs> it's please another fake newscast. 
No, I, like it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and, and I almost <laughs> and you know I apologize because I almost I, I was going to try and veto that decision, but you know you you proved you you, you were right, very much so. So we're going to take a spin of the Ferris wheel one more time. So, okay, it's moved oh. on to a very similar theme. So we're going to stay with the theme of alcohol and reported in the Daily Ter- Telegraph days, Russian drunkard jumps out five-story window twice. A Russian man has survived guzzling three bottles of whiskey before leaping out of a fifth-story balcony twice. Moscow man Alexei Rosetti jumped twice because he couldn't stand his wife snagging after the first time. His wife, Yaratina, was watched in horror as her sozzled husband opened the kitchen window of their Moscow apartment and dived out. Astonishingly, the 22-year-old Muscovite survived, staggering back upstairs with barely a scratch after a 15-metre fall. But while his wife called for an ambulance and began to scold him, he decided to jump again. The paramedics treated Mr. Roscoff for minor cuts and bruises before releasing him. Mr. Roscoff, was now, who's now teetotal after giving up drinking, added, Now I can say one thing. I was very lucky. I have no idea why I jumped out the first time, but I came back up and I heard my wife screaming angrily at me and I thought I'd best leave oh the out of the window. End of story. That is incredible. He can't remember why he done it the first time. <laughs> but, no, but it was like, but well, you know, that result was better than what I'm going through now. So, he, he, wow. You know, he, he, I think, you know, it's just sometimes, you know, he kind of felt like, what would it be like to be Eric Clapton's son? So, <laughs> so you know, sometimes you get that feeling and... <laughs> You know, after three bowls of vodka, he decided he'd give it a go. And uh, yeah, after he decided, like, you know, it wasn't worth it, he went up back, hoping his adoring wife would be pleased to see him. And what did he get? What did he get? He got <laughs> torrents of abuse. And I mean, like, this man. <laughs> Johnny, I think the word hero is used too much in today's society. <laughs> But I think Mr. Roscoff <laughs> truly is a modern day hero. Because <laughs> he jumped out <laughs> for his causes and beliefs and he came back up. And, you know, he just received such a nagging and of a scolding. He thought, no, I've got to <laughs> escape a second time. Yeah. Do you think his wife should have been more supportive of his actions? She should certainly appreciate him now, now that she knows what kind of a man he is. This, sorry, this just came to me. What what was the name of that BBC show, the comedy series? It's like a, it was a fake nightly news show in the early nineties. Wasn't uh, with Christopher Morris? Yeah, yeah. What was that called? It wasn't a day to day, or the later one was Brass Eye. Maybe it was Brass Eye. Yeah. Did I'm just it, this just came to me? But they done a sketch about a guy CCTV footage capturing a guy who kept jumping from like the third story of like a 10 story apartment block and it just showed him like climbing up jumping off doing it over and over and when asked what he was doing he said he was trying to commit suicide but he didn't want to jump from the 10th floor in case he changed his mind halfway down <laughs> so 
<laughs> Sorry, that just... Oh my god. Well, that's, just... that's, that's such a great story. <laughs> Have you ever dated like a Slavic girl before? Uh, no. You see, I I for real used to live in the Czech Republic for like four years. Right. So I dated a Polish like, girl. I know that was the closest, but Oh that that's that's Slavic would be Russian, Polish, Czech, Wait, it's Pol- like Lithuanian. It's Pol- oh right, okay. <laughs> then I did, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like, realize Polish technically counted. But uh, you know, the thing I always, the thing I always find out about people, like you know, like I would say that to get a Czech girl that animated that she was screaming at you, you would actually have to really piss her off because like yeah. Czech girls and Slavs tend to be really, really chilled out people. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I would say that like they would just be like. Oh, I'm not. Oh, you know, I would have said with uh, Betty, like if I had jumped out the window, she would have probably been like, well, you're a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. My, she wouldn't have even noticed, which <laughs> maybe that says something about me. But <laughs> You know, I kind of think that if I did that and I came back, I like, you know, if I was injured, it would be okay. But she kind of saw me get back up. She wouldn't be screaming abuse at me. She would just be like, you're a bit of a knob aren't you mm. then just like walk and say like here i'm going off you walk my dog goodbye yeah so like you better not have torn any of your clothes yeah you know it's kind of like maybe that's it like you know he tore i don't mean to be russian stereotyping but he tore his tracksuit and like she was just like adidas in cheap man <laughs> yep yeah, so any other comments about Alexei, the amazing flying Russian? I mean, what more can we say about him? Uh, I mean, I'm who sure there's you, loads we could say, but... Who would you rather be your brand marketer? Alexei or the gentleman uh, Dill who is marketing the beer? Well, considering we, like, instantly, despite me trying to, like, uh, speak highly of Dell in the beginning, we kind of instantly decided we didn't trust him at all like and for some reason instantly decided this other guy was a hero uh, obviously the latter infinitely more likable for whatever reason even though he's done nothing to really warrant it like i i agree fully i agree fully would you like to spin the ferris wheel johnny yeah i'll give it a good whirl do you really? Do do we spit? Do you f- spin a Ferris wheel though? <laughs> I mean, there's one right here in front of us. I guess I can I can test it for myself. I mean, you know, we've invested so much at this point, we can't question it, Johnny. We have to continue, or Netflix will be very upset. Well, I'll, will you spin it on my behalf because I can't do the sound effects? Okay. <laughs> Okay, and what did it land on? It landed on Man survives trapped in vehicle for five days by eating taco sauce. Oh, goodness. Okay, tell me this story, please. So a man and his dog, not just a man by himself, his dog too, survived being being trapped in their vehicles deep in the snow for five days by eating packets of taco sauce. Jeremy Taylor, 36, and his dog, Ali, 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 uh, were stranded on a forest road near uh, Sun River, Oregon, after Taylor's Toyota 4Runner became stuck in heavy snow. 
<clears throat> the pair had set off on Sunday to buy petrol and slept in the vehicle overnight, but awoke to find more snow had fallen. Mr. Taylor, who is an avid outdoorsman, told police officers he kept warm by periodically starting his engine and used a few taco sauce packets as food. He had attempted to walk out, but returned to the car as the snow was too deep. A missing persons report had been put out for Mr. Taylor on Wednesday, which said he was not believed to have a mobile phone on him. Police said he and Ally... Why do I keep saying that? Police said he and Ally were found on Friday by a snowmobile rider and were in good condition, but hungry. Uh, in a, okay. Well, sorry. Sorry. In a post on Facebook, Mr. Taylor said, "Thank you, everyone. I'm safe, and Ali Dog is safe." Uh, it's a weird phrasing. I really appreciate all the help. Got lucky. Let's never do that again. I'll be in touch with everyone soon. And that's it. So, as someone who's a bit of a survivalist, how do you think you would survive being in a car for five days? Let's needless to say about a dog, but like on your own. Well, now here here's the thing that I don't really get about this story. So it says he's an avid outdoorsman, not that he's like a survivalist yeah. type. And despite like having the podcast and all jokes aside, I I'm not like a survivalist or a prepper. I just think it's an interesting topic to chat about. But yeah. this guy, if he was like an avid outdoorsman. I would have thought he would have been a bit more prepared because like, obviously there was bad weather conditions. Like he went out to get petrol and supplies and they stayed the night in the car. So obviously like they knew the weather was bad if, if he was to stay the night, you know? So why did he even leave the house in his Jeep with no emergency supplies? Like why would he not pack some fucking, even some fucking energy bars and a couple of bottles of water or something in his car it just, it just seems really odd that he, he went out in what was clearly bad weather conditions taking that risk well i mean for me the thing that w i would wonder is what's the distance that i was traveling because you know if you were traveling 30 miles to go get supplies i would certainly think that but you know if it was a bit snowy like there's always the joke in ireland that you know once it snows everyone like immediately tries to hoard as much milk and bread yeah, as possible yeah. that you know it's a weird thing that you take two things that will run out of date extremely quickly but these are the things that you want to survive on but like if if i was only driving maybe like four miles down the road i would just simply think oh the hell is that like i'll just drive it'll be four minutes there four minutes back yeah, yeah. And then you know he kind of thinks okay the snows here is too much here I'm just going to stop and wait for this to clear. And then it just keeps getting heavier and heavier. Like, you know, that's the way I would honestly imagine this happening. Yeah, no, and I can see that. But, and I think that's how most people would be. But I think like somebody that would describe themselves, I mean, not that he described himself as this, but they, they referred to him as an outdoorsman. Uh, they just thought that an outdoorsman would think of the worst case scenario and have something in their car even for those four mile journeys. I, do, do you drive? I drive. And I'll tell you this, that I have kind of like certain supplies in my car of a torch. And I've got like two, I've got about three liters of water in the car at all times, hmm. just in case, like, you know, even if just my engine blows and I need to put water into the engine or something, I've got perfectly drinkable this. 
and then I've just got stuff like chocolate bars in the glove box that just in case like you know something that you know chocolate that if it gets old you know it will just go white yeah, or something yeah. it won't actually become bad so I've kind of got this stuff around me so if I ever really got hungry yeah. or something I'd have it's something far preferable than eating taco sauce I mean, do you drive, uh, No, I, I can, in theory, as in I'm able to drive, but I don't have a license. Well, I'm guessing, like, because you live in Dublin, I believe, yeah. that it's pretty much unnecessary. That's the entire reason, like, I'm not from Dublin originally, like, but when I moved here, I was in the process, like, getting the, the lessons that you have to get, and then I moved here for college, and it's like, well, I'm not going to start driving. I mean, I'm already moving to a new city. I'm not going to, like, get my learner's plate now, and then I just never got around to it. Yeah, it's not- no, you see, I I work in a town which is like a different county, so I have to drive. But like, I'm considering a move to a big city in a couple of months. Once that Netflix money builds up, yeah, I mean, like Hollywood, California, and you know, once we get there, I hear the traffic's awful, so I think I'm just gonna walk. Yeah, well, like you'd be making so much bank then that you'll just like have a self-driving Tesla or something. Yeah, just record a podcast in the back of a self-driving Google car or something. I think you know, like Joe Rogan and his like, uh, what is it, survivalist podcast, survival movie <laughs> podcast. He'll want. He's like currently number one, so he'll want me on so much. I'll just wait till he's having an episode of Elon Musk, and I'll turn up, and I'll be like, "Yo, guys, I know you're watching Last House on the Left or whatever, <laughs> but would you guys just throw me a few free Teslas?" And then just uh, continue on with that. Would you, I mean, I like tacos. Like, are you a big Mexican food uh, head? Yeah, not like, yeah, no, I am. Yeah, I wouldn't have it every week. but It's funny that I don't, I suppose this is the difference between I live in County Tyrone and I work in County Fermanagh mm. and I spend a lot of time in County Donegal and I know for the Americans that will mean a lot but i can tell like if you ask johnny these are actually reasonably rural places oh yeah, yeah. so each so so for instance the you've got oma which is the big town in tyrone you've got inniskillen and you've got Letterkenny and donegal and i'd say each of them has like one good mexican kind of burrito place and you know everything else is just pizza italian yeah, or subways yeah. Because there's more subways in this town than there are people. There's like free subways in Oma. It's it's literally reaching that same level. Like country town in Ireland now. I've noticed. Like you know, we don't have a Burger King. We do have a KFC. We've got a McDonald's, but no one goes to that. It's just entirely subway. Like it just dominates the market. Wow. And it's funny because here in Dublin now, uh, like Mexican and like chili shacks and stuff like that have kind of that's what's really trendy now like the way remember a few years ago like sort of in indie coffee shops were a big thing it's now like chili places yeah. and different mexican food places have kind of replaced that it and gin, gin bars all over the place i mean that's that's the way i kind of felt is like it's weird because it kind of felt to me the way that ireland kind of got these shops was it seems like when I was born, when I was growing up, and this is the early 90s, the only real places in the whole of Ireland which had a McDonald's was in Dublin and in Belfast. And literally, there was no place else. There wasn't one like in Derry, I don't think. 
I think there was one in Cork, but like, you know, it didn't seem like it was very popular. Yeah. And then these places sprang up, like there was KFCs and McDonald's. And then the next thing that sprung up was there was a load of kind of like Starbucks's and Cafe Nero's and all these coffee shops, like the commercial yeah, yeah. ones. Then came the Subways, then came the hipster coffee shops. And now, as you say, is the Mexican food. Yeah. And it's re- weird with Starbucks. Because I remember like starting college when like Starbucks first started to like open up around Dublin. And there was only a few of them. Now, like, they're literally everywhere. Now there's there's literal streets in Dublin where there's Starbucks across from another Starbucks. But they've even started to spread out throughout the country areas now. It's just it's really bizarre for Ireland. But Well, I mean, Oma and Inniskillen got their first Starbucks within, like, the last month. Like, we're, it's kind of, like, 10 years behind yeah. culture, but, like, Finally, we're getting this like a Greg's and everyone's thinking that like we're the height of culture. I mean, maybe we might get an abracadabra <laughs> at some point. I said, like, if you went back and told to like 14 year old me that there'd some be like a, some someday be a Starbucks in fucking Tullamore, I'd have thought you were mad. But I mean, like I'm guessing Tullamore, what's that about 18 to 20,000 people? I mean, it yeah, must probably have... It must have, like, a Starbucks. It must oh, yeah, it has all of that now. No, it probably always had, like, I think Tullamore would have been, always had, like, McDonald's and KFC in that. But there's something a bit, like, it's it's that sort of tr- the trendiness of a Starbucks. I'd have just never put it there. Not when I was younger, anyway. Well, I mean, I, what I when I had used to go through, like, Athlone and Tullamore, when I was going down from the north down into Cork, but, you know, those towns used to seem like you know, they always seemed pretty traditional when I was driving through, like nice big hotels, reasonable main streets. Like, you know, you'd see the odd Eurospar or stuff, but it seemed like reasonably traditional. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Athlone especially is. Athlone, is that Meath or West Meath? Uh, West Westmeath. And then Tullamore is yeah, awfully. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things that like, I think this is the difference between some things in Ireland that like I know all the like sea based counties I could tell you oh it's Dublin then it's Wicklow then it's Waterford then it's Wexford then it's Cork then it's Kerry then it's Limerick then it's Clare and you can go up all around that there but then if you ask me where is Kildare in relation to Kilkenny Carlow uh, Longford I would. I couldn't place them on a map without getting. Really I have confused. a few blind spots, like where, yeah, even like Kilkenny. I'm like, I, I wouldn't be able to place Kilkenny on a map at all. But most places I would be. I don't know why Kilkenny's always been such a, a blind spot. Because it's Kildare, which is just slightly below Dublin, beside yeah. Wicklow, and Kilkenny is kind of like north of Wicklow. I mean, no, not north of Wicklow, north of Wexford, I think. See, I can't even confirm or deny that. Like, it's just, for some reason, that's a, bl- a blind spot for me. I don't know why. I know most, almost everywhere else. And I get, like, there's a, a few towns, like, I'll always forget. I'll always forget that Doolin is in, wait, where is Doolin? That is Kerry, but I always think it's Donegal for some reason. Which are two opposite. Well, you know, there's a lot of places... But I mean, in Donegal, there's lots of places like Dunluey, Dunlow, like there's a lot of D places like uh, Dunfanahay. Like there's a lot of Duns or yeah. Dews or all these places in Donegal. Well, so- I think it's even more from personal. I think like I used to go camping in a lot of these spots when I was a teenager. So I just kind of forget. 
I'm more I linked them with stories of something that happened there rather than actually traveling there. So I kind of just placed the town in the wrong place if I'm remembering the wrong period. I don't know. So and I just can't re- rewire my brain. Like I think is Bundoran. Where's that? Is that Donegal? Bundoran is South Donegal. Yeah. So I think I think I keep confusing Doolin and Bundoran. Like I used to go there camping and surfing and stuff as a teenager. So I just keep confusing which is in which county. Moving back onto the subject of <laughs> if you if you had a car, what would you have in it apart from hot sauce packages? I have water and chocolate. What do you think you would have? Uh, probably not much different than yourself. Like water, I think, would be... I I would just kind of assume most people have a couple of bottles of water in their boot. It's not a bad idea. Uh, But I think if I lived in... like, So this this guy was living in Oregon too, which, you know, have severe winters. So I think if I was living in that area, I would have much more stuff. I would have like a sort of a a three-day survival kit, just a bag with everything you might need for three days just left in the boot of your car or trunk for American listeners. Well, you know, I can I you think that, but like the way is that because of my job, I end up having so many people coming in and out of my car. Like you think you put stuff in the boot, but it ends up being like I'm one of those guys that people always are in the back seat of my car and I use the passenger seat yeah. to keep all this stuff and the boot's always full of God knows what. Or, like you a know, bicycle. And like... in, in my case, it would be like I would have a three-day survival kit in the boot of my car. It'd be there for months. It'd be perfect. And then one night, I'd re- it'd be fucking midnight and I'd realize there was no food in it. And I'd be like, Ash, I'll just go out to the car and get one of those ready to eat bolognese things and i would do that three times and forget to repack it and i'd end up in this exact same position your man did i would just have an empty bug out bag in the back of my car you know he was stuck with hot sauce and i'll just be honest that i would say that that would be the worst food stuff to have yeah because like i think it would do death to your stomach and then if you're stuck there for five days you'd need to leave the car one way or another for like natural reasons. And I can't see you want to give it to your dog either because like if I had a dog and like, even if it was four days and the dog was thirsty, I'd like try and melt some snow in my hands for him to lick or something rather than give it hot sauce because (laughs) I think that would just upset it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure maybe he did do that as well. Like the other thing with the hot sauce packets, like how many could he possibly have had in his car? Like, I know it's kind of easy to just let condiments pile up on the dashboard or whatever, but like, you're still only talking about like a dozen tops. No man would have more than that. I'll tell you what I've ended up. I don't have them currently in my car because I cleared it out, but I kept doing like, because you know, of my job, we had to do pizza run for like, you know, clients and stuff right yeah and then yeah. you'd always end up getting all these jars of like you know the dominoes like you know mayonnaise and yeah, like yeah. herbs and all this sort of stuff and then i kind of like just kept putting them like but in one of the like behind the seat pockets and i went through them and i was like oh, i've got 30 of these things <laughs> yeah and like you know i i was just like you know you took them because you know i had it with pizza once and i thought oh this would be nice and then you know once I you take it once, everyone at work they don't want those things to be around, so they just force them off on you. And they're like, "Here, before you go, take these." Yeah, and, you yeah. know, Muggins is too 
stupid to figure out now nah, you should actually just say no to that eventually because <laughs> you're like my car is coming down with these packages but you're just like here just not to cause a scene i'm just gonna take these and i'm gonna dump them sometime but like stop in your car to find a bin and not like have some old man turn up and be like that's not the use of this bin to be dumping tons of hot sauce into a bin back in my day we would only throw like you know cucumbers in bins or go off in some demented story well maybe you need to restock on these though like next time people do try and pass them off to you you know you never know when you end up in a situation like this but like I imagine when they're talking about hot sauce they'd be we sachet things yeah, well, yeah, that's what I think of too. Um, but what do you think the lifespan on a package like that would be? I'd say it's a very long time. I guess so too. But you know those tubs that they get out of Domino's with that? You'd wonder, I guess, that those are only six months. Because if you've got something like, I'm guessing it isn't real mayonnaise. Because if you've got eggs in yeah. something, it could only last like five days max. Yeah, but, but like... But like I'm just I'm just thinking of like the Heinz ketchup you get in like a McDonald's. I imagine they last for years. Oh, I would say that you know people people come up with this weird statistic that it will be cockroaches that rule the earth. No, I think it will be like packages like that. Just because... condiments. <laughs> Do you know? I mean, like you know, like Netflix. That's the thing that we want to call an immediate copyright on because we know that you're going to want to come up with the condiment friends TV show and. Myself and Johnny have that copyrighted and locked down. And just just so you don't get too big for your boots, we're talking to Amazon Prime about it. <laughs> James says in the cans that he doesn't appreciate that. Oh yeah, we can't mention a, another network. Yeah. Which do you think you could live... Which would you sooner live off for 40 days? Uh, hot sauce, condiments... Or just just any amount, any like will include Heinz ketchup and your uh, garlic from Domino's, but all those condiments are a variety of beer. No, I'm trying to think. Is there like a universal condiment that you could? Because you know, I'll tell you what I'd be tempted at, and this might be a wee bit of a cheat. Right. I think if you count soy sauce as a condiment, that is something that you could almost live off. If you had soy sauce and water, mm. now I might be wrong, but I think it does have certain qualities to okay. it. Okay, you Jeez, know, I wouldn't have... you could live off. Oh, interesting. Like that's that's the honest answer because, like, I would say with beer, like, I would say that my stomach would want to explode and I'd have to quit after an eventual amount of time. Yeah, I'd say if I was eating anything too spicy or anything too mayonnaisey, you know. I would just, you know, I would say that if you're eating ketchup or that sort of stuff, you'd end up with diabetes if you're eating like 200 grams of yeah, that per yeah. day. And, you know, I would just say something like soy sauce because, you know, I lived in Korea and I ate an awful lot of it and it's like tasty. And, you know, if you could have it and water, I think you could almost survive because it's got salt and it's got like levels of protein and it's got different it's not a great deal oh, yeah, yeah i think you could survive it's interesting it. yeah i never that would have never even occurred to me but i might have to look into this uh see if i should uh pack it into my bug out bag well you know it, it's a, it's a, it's an underrated condiment because you know you've got salt and pepper 
but I I do like a wee bit of soul, soy sauce. Like also something like a balsamic vinegar or olive oil. Like I guess that they've got good qualities because you've got all those people in Greece and Italy who live so long. So maybe those might help. Yeah, <laughs> I I like the logic. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think if you can mix certain condiments together and like they'll somehow form a meal. Like a protein shake of just condiments. Oh, that'd be interesting. Well, you know, you kind of get you get your ketchup and then you pour in some water and then you pour in some olive oil. And then some soy sauce, and then some some balsamic vinegar, then some Lee and Perrin uh, sauce or something, and then you just like shake it up, and then you're like, "This you, is a you cocktail." Should, you of should death. do like a Mr. Beast style YouTube video of like the the condiment protein shake challenge. Well, I mean, going challenge. by my records of making weird YouTube videos based off podcast episodes, that actually genuinely might happen. That'd be pretty good, but you have to do it really over the top and. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen like two Mr. Beast videos in my life. I, I think I got a good grasp of what they are. Just copy them. I'd say, I'd say it could be good fun. But do you think that this is a true story that this guy was really in his car for five days, or do you think he was just milking? <laughs> no, I think this is a true story. Um, because I think if he was going to make this up, he'd have made himself sound like because there's nothing really badass happening here. He didn't like, you know fight off a mountain lion or anything you know it's kind of, in in a way he's kind of desperate like he's just fucking it's a man living off fucking sachets of sauce so i doubt he made it up okay so you think okay so it's if it was fake news you think you would have added in i like, think so yeah like this actually just reads like have you watched the sopranos I've watched like the first few seasons, but I haven't. Okay, there's a great episode where the characters Chrissy and Polly have to, uh, Polly have to, uh, to take out this uh, Czechoslovakian that they've got to assassinate in the woods during Christmas, and he ends up like getting away from them, and they end up lost, and they have to find him. They've told Tony that he's already dead, so they have to find this guy before before they leave. And they end up trapped in a car and there's a snowstorm and they just find a bunch of McDonald's ketchup in the glove box and that's all they're living off. And it's fucking hilarious. It's one of the funniest episodes of anything ever made, even though it's about this really serious subject. Uh, but that's what this story reads like. Yeah, but I mean like... Oh wait, so maybe, maybe he did make it up then. Maybe he's just a big Sopranos fan. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jessica. And welcome to the Egon Sheila podcast, where we delve into and discover all there is to know about the great Austrian painter, Egon Schiele. Yeah. And we're so excited to bring this to you every single day in the next coming weeks here. We're going to be doing a Wait. daily Egon Schiele podcast. Wait, every day? Every day. There is so much great information out there. To discover the wonders of his art and i bought great terrific technology for this daily podcast it's going to be the best wait john how much does this equipment cost it doesn't matter i think i mean i think it does matter no i spared no expense right so i think that matters we're gonna get it back we're gonna recoup the money with the proceeds made by this brilliant podcast i am not sure you thought this through 100 percent well, it's going to be beautiful. Um, Egon Shiva podcast, a Netflix podcast 
for podcasts by Netflix. I think we need a divorce. James has said, like, our dream is to be podcasters, so, oh, stuck in the cans. He says he's not going to... Well, you know, James, are you putting up the money for this? See, here's my thing. Why do I not get a feed of his mic? How how come you're the only one that gets to hear him? Was that one of his? Was that another one of his mad decisions? And I can't even see him. I can't even see him in the boot. Like he's out of my eye line. But anyway, sorry. No, I don't mean to complain. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things that like, have you ever seen the the blink episode of uh, Doctor Who? Where they've got weeping angels, and if you look them directly in the eyes, you know you have to you have to stare at them, or they'll snap your neck and kill you. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of the reference. I've seen clips. Well, you know, the thing is, it's a little bit like that. Every time people make direct eye contact with James, something very oh, tragic man. happens. Like Cthulhu. Yeah, something very tragic happens. A la Cthulhu, something very eldritch happens. So, like, like your podcast doesn't actually get picked up. Or... Yeah, you know, it's he's kind of talking to me, but it's more Morse code than his actual words. Like, he seems like a really unreliable person to have produced in your podcast. If you look into his eyes, you descend into madness. He paid for us to own an abandoned theme park to record our podcast. Like, you know, all podcasts need these cool things. Like, Joe Rogan's got that cool, like, movie-watching garage thing that he's got. And there's TCG. <laughs> That's what he calls it, isn't it? The movie-watching yeah. garage. He introduces every episode. Welcome to the movie-watching garage. He's got those, like, pictures of, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Elvis and all that sort of stuff. So, like, those are to distract you while he's watching the movie. So you can't watch it for copyright reasons, but he's watching it and you're watching him and the guest as they're enjoying <laughs> the movie. But after they play the full movie and they blink the sound, I believe, then they talk about it. So you watch it for about the first hour of silence, just staring at two men, and then they turn on the mics <laughs> and they really shoot the shit. It's It's great. I mean, there was this great episode that they had this, um, uh, they had this weird Mexican academic on. His name was like something like Peter Jordanson. And, uh, <laughs> and like, you know, they're watching this movie, which was like Attack of the Crab People. And like, I have never, I have never seen a man so delighted at seeing a crustacean before. And I don't think I will again. It was an enthralling episode. Okay, so I think, honestly, we can believe this guy, not fake news. But let's be honest. I kind of find the dog, Ali, a bit suspicious. Like a double name, Ali or Ali. It seems just a wee bit too convenient. Yeah, how how, how should I be pronouncing that? I, I believe that's A-L-L-Y. Ali, like short for Allison. Okay, I always just thought it was an that would end with an I. Well, you see, I know different girls who'd spell who'd have Ali, but it's with one L or two L's. It's like the name That's Jenny. Too, yeah. It's like I know Jennies who are J N I J N I J sorry J E N I J E N N I J E N N Y. You know, some people are just like, no, I'm special. You know, I'm gonna spell it J E N N I E. So people always have to spell it differently. 
Yeah, yeah. You see, well, actually, true me. I just read that the vampire book, uh, the Swedish vampire novel, Let the Right One In. And there's, yes. a char- there's a character in that named Ellie, but then an, I don't want to spoil stuff for people that might read it, but you know, there's, the, the character's uh, gender and origins are called into question later, and it's then the name's pronounced differently. And I think that's what threw me. <laughs> but anyway, that's besides okay. the point. Was, El- was Ally or Ellie your favorite character? Yeah, Ellie. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll tell you my favorite character. So, right, there's a guy who dies pretty early on in the book called Yunke. Yeah, yeah. And he dies under a bridge. And uh, that before <laughs> before before uh, Netflix approached us, that was pretty much my trajectory. So I, 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 kind of, I kind of related pretty well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you actually read that book? Oh, no, 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 no. I just... Believe it or not, the the Yunke we watched the film, the original Swedish version, oh, okay. and then I kind of just loved the way they were pronouncing the name Yunke, so it kind of became a meme between myself and our friends oh, right. that I would okay. always talk about Yunke. Then my brother read the book and he said, "Oh, that there's a big bit about him wanting to quit alcohol and then him being like brave and deciding yeah. he needed to change his life around and go under the bridge." <laughs> you're introduced to him in that same that chapter, and you're like, "Oh, I like this guy," and then he's fucking taken straight away. <laughs> I mean, it's brutal, but like, I think that's why people love that book so much. It's such I don't know. I saw the film years, but like back when it was out, and I ha- I only read the book recently. It's one of the few times like I've read the book like long after the film and still like it was still as gripping like nothing was lost having seen the film first. Um, it's so good. The weird thing about the book is that you know if you ever visited like an Ikea and this was like Ikea's I used to visit like either in Belfast or in the Czech Republic you know when I was living there they actually had the book Let the Right One In in Swedish and a lot of their like set props and I was like oh this is so cool and they, they didn't sell it and I kind of wanted it and then I was kind of like you know I wasn't going to steal a book from Ikea in Swedish you know and they ended up getting like a, like a crime but I was just like genuinely if you let me buy this I will buy this and they're like no that is a prop I mean they weren't Swedish but they're kind of like really just into their parts so they spoke to me like PewDiePie <laughs> Uh, have you seen the American, the Let Me In? I heard that was awful, so I avoided yeah, it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I've heard the same. I am, I'm, I'm kind of curious, but... But, you know, I can just imagine just the way it would go, the Americanized version, because those films, like, American films can be great, but American interpretations of European films, they always start off with, like, a sincere director who wants to translate it to English, then Hollywood studios are more like... Dude, you know what I heard? And then suddenly you hear the bass line from Green Day coming. Do, 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 do. And then your hero comes skateboarding and is like, Yo, I want to totally meet this rockin' vampire chick. And then, like, you know, the movie becomes so bodacious that, like, it loses all track of, like, sense or sound. Yeah, that describes a few films. I think the exception might be Suspiria. Haven't seen it. It's, so, good. It's, not, it's, it's not as good as the original but it's still really good i, I was going to say like even i, I think the, the original dario argento film is much better 
but if somebody just wanted to see a modern version of it i'd be like you don't necessarily have to go back and watch the original you, you can get the full story and appreciate the film by seeing the remake which is very rare have you ever what can you name a movie which is an english language remake of an original film that is better than the original and i've got one movie that i could name but i want to see if you can name one as well better not yeah. just is as good it's better oh yeah no i don't think i'd have one i would say that technically the movie assassins is a remake of el Matarache. not so not assassins but desperado. What you call, desperado is a remake of el Matarache, and i believe it's a better movie by because like he had the money to make it slightly mm. better see, I, yeah but mm. You see, you may be right, but I still think that that's kind of a sequel as well. It's half remake, half sequel. I think you got you got there on a technicality. Is it an Evil Dead 2 kind of like territory? I think so, yeah, because it's mostly... It's, it's all the same beats as the original film, but you're kind of told... You do start. He loot. The big difference is what why I think it's more of a sequel where the same story just seems to happen again is because he gets shot in the hand at the end of El Mariachi and he's already got his hand ruined at the start of Desperado. Everything else ends up kind of happening the exact same. Okay, but it makes no like. But that makes no sense that the same, the almost the exact same story happened to this guy twice. So I think you are. I think it is a remake. I think pretty much Robert Rodriguez was like wanted to make a remake, but wanted to didn't want to spend didn't want to waste time doing a first and second act again. So he kind of like crammed a lot of it into a, a flashback at the start. Well, as long as we can agree that it's better than what was the third one? Like <laughs> once upon a time, something in of the name of the West. Once upon a time in Mexico. Yeah. And like that bit of Johnny Depp with no eyes shooting people, I was just like, "Dude, this is the worst." For its ridiculousness, though, I thought it was great. But because, yeah, like, it, it's it's not a good movie. You know, it's like Johnny Depp is one of those people that I kind of liked him as cast Captain Jack Sparrow, but the more I look back at his performances, I'm like, question anything else that he really did because like there was a time that he was untouchable. And now I kind of look back at a lot of questionable decisions. Well, once he got, like, once he became a movie star, he kind of stopped caring and kind of went downhill in his performances, I guess. Not downhill, but... Like, you look at him in, like, Ed Wood and stuff. He's great. Oh, Ed Wood was incredible, but, like, you know... Kept making movies like that. But, like, you know, I I loved Ed Wood, and I kind of, like, loved his relationship with, like... Who was it? Martin Landau was playing Bella Lugosi. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a great chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, but, so sweet. I think all the charm that Johnny Depp has has somehow been osmosed into Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> there seemed to have been a point in time oh. that one guy suddenly shrank and the other guy who kind of has the other like goatee wearing like yeah, kind of weird guy. That's interesting. Who had, like, because, you know... <sighs> Robert Downey Jr. kind of if you look I think you could almost say when their one career was up the other career was down I'd love to see a comparison yeah because he Depp would have been kind of struggling to break away from the sort of teen heartthrob thing when when uh 
Robert Downey Jr. was having his first run and then Robert Downey got into like trouble, was on the decline and then Depp was huge for a while. And uh, that's that's interesting. Because like you take that the third Pirates of the Caribbean film, which I think was the real death nail for Johnny Depp, mm. was like, I would count that as maybe the start of his decline, was about 2009. And the first Iron Man film came out in yeah, yeah. 2009, 2010. I could say you could almost like link it on a chart that like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, I can even imagine an Alice in Wonderland probably came out the same year as the Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. You know, I kind of want to go a hundred years into the future where people have got like stories mixed up and it's pretty much the movie of what you call that time travel. It's not time travel, but it's a movie involving, I don't want to spoil the clones and David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla in it. And oh, uh, I was about to say Inception, but listen, I, I can't name it. The Prestige. People get the Prestige, but it's actually not about magicians. It's about Johnny Depp and uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. trying to outdo each other. But it's for some reason set in Victorian England. <laughs> I'd say if you pitched that as a movie to either of them, they'd probably be into it. It's like that's weird enough to attract their attention. Now, I think like I think you get that you put it as Leonardo DiCaprio's like debut directing film, <laughs> and I would make so much money. Like you know, we make it a Netflix property, and there yeah, well, we go. I think there is, and we have to direct a film that's in there in that contract somewhere. Yeah, like we've got the like weird sequel, which somehow was originally supposed to have superstars. But now just has uh, John C. Riley. Uh, I don't mean no, no John C. McGinley, which is the one who appears in. I get John C. Riley and John C. McGinley. Who was Doctor uh, Cox and who was the guy who hangs around in like the movies with uh, what do you call him? That comedian Farrell, Will Farrell. That, that's Riley. That that's Riley. Okay, it's we get John C. Riley and uh, as in they're in the new Sherlock John's... Holmes film together. <laughs> yeah, Farrell. We get Farrell. And John C. Riley, and we're like, how did we end up with these guys? And they're like, well, they've both got Irish last names, and you guys are fake Irish so, too. Wait, we assume because you you're just the one guy doing a voice. So wait, so is that what we do? We direct the film about Robert Downey Jr. and Johnny Depp feuding with each other, but we cast Will Ferrell as Robert Downey Jr. No, we're supposed to get them, but everyone else walks out of the part. You think you've got people? You think you've got Tilda Swinton? And you think you've got Maggie Smith, but like you just keep getting what you kind of you end up getting Vince Vaughn, you know. <laughs> you end up getting like you get people, you get like you know, you're kind of like praying Ben Stiller will call you back. Oh, sorry, yeah, you maybe you end up getting Ben Stiller a day just a day on set just because he owes Netflix a certain amount of appearances because they let him direct a few films. So you're just... But like he's got a huge beard and you, he won't let you shave it. No, because he's doing a more important part. Yeah, and he won't. He he's speaking. He he's doing a method actor thing, so he's speaking in a Boston accent because that's what he's training his voice for. So you just have to accept it, and it's so obvious yeah. to everybody watching that he just came off another film. Well, what can I say that uh, Oscar Gold? Oh yeah, surely. Let's think who 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 would we originally want to play Robert Downey Jr. and uh, 
and uh, Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, Johnny Depp and Robert Downey Jr. I mean, originally we wanted Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, but they turned us down, then the actual actors turned us down. <laughs> the actual actors were the second choice. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of go down a few rungs and then you're like, dude, we've actually got Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. And we're like, actually, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, we take that, No. No, Sam well, Jackson's turned us down. You slowly start sliding down, and you're like, "No, no, 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 we're not taking James no. Corden. We're not taking James Corden." <laughs> now, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I wasn't to bring up Skeet Ulrich in an episode of any podcast. But Skeet Ulrich is born to play Johnny Depp in a film. You see, I would say that, but unfortunately, of the death of Luke Perry, who should be his opposite number, as he has mm, been in many yeah. things. That's kind of the missing point for me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just just depressed me a little now. He just reminded me that Luke Perry was gone. Like I kind of the thing I didn't get is people kept saying he was so old, and this was like in nineteen ninety one, and then he died, and I was like, oh, he was like forty nine, yeah. fifty, and I was like, here they're saying that in nineteen ninety, that's thirty, yeah. almost thirty yeah. years ago, and it's like, dude, you're being really mean to like a twenty two year old. One Simpsons joke, like. <laughs> You know, he's like 37, and I was just like, when was that released? Like, 1993. So the dude was like 25 max. (laughs) I was like, that's so mean. Like, the funny thing is, like, he's around the same age as Skeet Ulrich, and Skeet Ulrich was playing a teenager years later in Scream. Or maybe that was around the same time. But either way. I didn't realize Luke Perry is in the new Tarantino movie. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I actually, you know, that's a movie which has completely gone over my head. Like, I kind of reached peak Tarantino of Django. Same. And I don't know if he's kind of had a movie since because I it's kind of felt to me like I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band. And like, I owned all their records going back to like the early 80s, every single record. Then I had Stadium Arcadium and then they stopped being my favorite band and I haven't even listened to a single song since. I just hit like peak point and then i was like done and i think that's the way i feel about uh quentin after django unchained yeah i kind of get that i still like hateful eight was okay it wasn't great but i said i still like most of his films i'd have high hopes for most things he'd do this this new one looks really good well you know i've seen it i've seen brad pitt i've seen leo dicaprio i think this should be good but you know I think he's been in this weird period where he's been kind of doing Western movies. Even like Inglorious Bastards is more of a Western movie than a war movie. And I just wasn't a fan of what he was doing with those three movies. But it seems like he got that out of his system now and he's doing something else. So I, I welcome that. I think it could be could be good. Well, I might give it a go. But again, it's one of those things that just to me, I was just... <sighs> Is it is it is it time like you know just to give up on a director? I mean, well, would you say would you say that there's any director you'd completely give up on after a few movies, or the M Night Shyamalan fury because who kind of redeemed himself and then kind of his last movie's been a bit controversial? Yeah, I don't know because there's some people, there's some guys that just some of their best movies were made far later. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't know if there's anybody I'd really give up on. Because even like Scorsese is like 
The Aviator is one of my favorite films of his, and even that's fucking fifteen well, think... years old now, I guess. But no, but I mean, like, but I mean, didn't he make a bunch of stuff like The Departed in the last ten years? I mean, that was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, but it'd be hard to like hold a lot of them up to Raging Bull and Mean Streets and that. But whereas I think The Aviator could be held up to them. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, th- that's interesting. Maybe I shouldn't be giving up on Quentin Tarantino, but you know, I you just suddenly had a certain point. Because that... Scorsese's also had some not no not that I'd say they're bad films, but like in the he like Cape Fear and Condon, he he made a lot of stuff that was very average. Bringing out the dead, I really like, but most people kind of think it's not a great film. So I I think he went through a period where he wasn't doing excellent work. And then came back later and started doing stuff much better. Like even The Departed, like he wanted, that's what got him the Oscar and a lot of people love that. So I think it is, you, you can come around and start doing better stuff later in your career. Well, you know, I just, I sometimes just feel that, you know, when once you reach a certain point, like maybe this is just me, but I reach a certain point with even podcasts that like I started listening to podcasts about 2012 mm. And there's some podcasts like my favorite genuine podcast for about a three year period was like this alt comedy podcast called Hollywood Handbook. And like, you know, it was on Earwolf. It wasn't actually that well known, but it was like two like sitcom writers and they were playing characters and it was actually quite funny. But like I had a point after listening to 200 episodes that I was like, okay, I've had my fill. I'm done. And I've still, every time I've changed my phone, I'm still subscribed <laughs> to them. But there's nothing that, like, it would take a, tr- like, I think once I'd start to listen again, I'd start to listen again. Mm. But it would take a tremendous amount of strength to put on the first yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like that with Smodcast, but then once Scott Morsier came back, I, I was just back listening again. I mean, Kevin Smith, I suppose, you could get so overexposed by Kevin Smith mm. by like his entire podcast empire that, you know, I think that's what happened to me with him again was like, I was like, Oh, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Oh, I like Kevin Smith and like uh, Jason Muse. And then I kind of started listening to like fat man and Batman. And I'm like, I'm not the biggest comics head, but if people are talking about something with a passion, I could listen to it. It's like, I listen to people talk about wrestling and I don't really even watch wrestling anymore. But like, if people talk about it with passion, I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll listen to that. But then I started listening to Hollywood Babylon with him and Ralph mm. Garman. And the problem is like, I like Hollywood gossip. I genuinely do like fit like 15 years ago or t- 12 years ago when I was like a teenager, I did even go onto websites like Perez Hilton <laughs> and read like trashy. That's your no, that's not something I'm proud of. That, that was something I did like when I was younger. Cause I was just like, here, like it's kind of interesting and it's kind of gossip and like sometimes you're just bored and you're just like here i just want to hear something absolutely salacious yeah, yeah i can see that everybody likes a bit of drama whether they want to admit it or not yeah but like that's the way like i was listening to it at different points and they're like oh here's back Lindsay lohan i'm like oh this is like a soap opera she's a returning character and yeah. all this but the thing that killed me off that program was it became popular and then Ralph Garman was doing these characters at the start. He was doing like, these are the Germans and this is David Bowie and this is this. And it took about 45 minutes for them to actually get to any news. So instead of like, uh, instead of going, you know, jumping straight in and doing like, oh dude, we're doing a podcast on, you know, 
this here like passing up your fasten up your seat belts we'll do this and then kind of rushing into it it always kind of felt like oh god i have to suffer this and i have to suffer this i have to suffer this and then they'll suddenly say something and you're like oh this is gold but as far as how did we get on to that oh we, we, yeah guys oh giving up on directors that was it uh, yeah, no, yeah. I was going to make the point just that uh, I think George Miller is a really good example of why you shouldn't give up on a filmmaker because you heard nothing from him from ye- for years other than even though he'd done like Happy Feet and Babe 2 and stuff, but then he came out with Fury Road when he was like 70. Well, I mean, I think you're underestimating Pig in the City. I wouldn't say I'm underestimating. I think that's a, a fabulous film. And I'm not joking like that. It's a really good film, but it's quite, you, you know, you're kind of like. It's an easy you film. You feel like make. any director, like really what's important about that is what's already been established in the previous film, the characters and stuff, which I think he wrote the original. So like that's on him too. But, you know, it just as a director, I feel like he was on autopilot for that, which is fine. He's very good at running on autopilot. Uh, whereas Fury Road is like, that's a 17 year old man. Yeah. 17 70 year old man out in the desert for like five years or something just shooting this crazy movie and it's the best out of the entire franchise so but i think that's just like entirely just you know i think that's the difference between passion and not having passion and i think there's a lot of times you can just tick over and then suddenly you get the chance that you're just like oh this is actually something i want to do i'll just hit this up hard yeah yeah um but and actually just to go back to why i brought up luke perry and the tarantino film is you know how tarantino is kind of known or not known but like a lot of the time he he brings an an actor he really loves into something but you haven't seen them for years and they get this whole second career like what he done with john travolta in pulp fiction it seemed oh you kind of think that was going to happen to luke it seemed well like he's third build he's billed before brad pitt on imdb so he seems to have a pretty big role in it so yeah i feel like that probably was the idea with luke perry being in it so it kind of makes it that extra bit sadder that he just died so you know what what might end up happening to him is he might get heath ledgered as in like people will say like he died his final role and he might end up with like his best Mm. supporting oscar or something for it yeah that's quite a possibility but I mean, it depends on his performance because, like, I'll be honest, that Heath Ledger did a very good Joker to get that Oscar. So, yeah, that was absolutely well deserved. Well, Luke Perry's does. I, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff. I think he, he's a very good actor, though. He's in Riverdale, wasn't he? Yeah, with with Skeet. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, that's why I associate them together. Even though I had never really watched Riverdale, I was just like, yeah. Well, it's funny because they were also, they, they were both like sort of teen heartthrob sort of actors. And then in the early 2000s, they both had post-apocalyptic series that were controversially cancelled before their time. And then they both ended up in Riverdale. Which, Well, you know, maybe it might be one of those job appetite things that a director just has a yeah, type. Yeah. Well, even like one of them, Luke Perry was in Jeremiah. And Skeet was in Jericho. Two different post-apocalyptic series that were Bo airing at the same time. It's like, how did they not cross over? Would there be someone like, is there a third person that you think could fill in the void of a Luke Perry to be Skeet Ulrich's new friend? What about those guys from Supernatural? That's a fin- that's finally finishing. They're a bit young, I guess. 
Yeah. I think it's weird because they no longer have peers because they're people in their like late 40s, early 50s. And then suddenly it's like, it's an awfully young age to die. Mm. Yeah, it is. Especially when you're rich and like probably have good health care. <laughs> You know, it's just like a stroke yeah. or something like that. It could happen to, That's it. like, not to steal. Well, I mean, since Dennis Leary's already stolen the joke, <laughs> I might as well quote Bill Hicks and talk about, like, Jim Fit, a guy who I never knew existed apart from inside a Bill Hicks joke and him, like, ro- him jogging every day, having a heart attack, then Keith Richards keeps yeah, partying yeah. on well, like Dennis Leary, if you hear this, you don't have a Netflix show. We should have that in our contract. <laughs> it's the only way you'd sign. Yeah, like you know, we've we've kind of like, we've blackballed certain members of the community. And, this and so, so is this a particularly Paul <laughs> and Shane? So we we we've been going uh, off topic quite a bit here. But is this how? Is this because you know, if we're doing a daily morning Netflix show, this is how we're going to need to fill time? Is that what we're testing here? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much guessing that, you know, we're kind of talking about fake news and I just want to say the following things are fake news. I think Shane Disaster is fake news. I think TCG Paul is fake news. I think their entire Apocalyptic Guys podcast is fake news. And uh, yeah, no, I, I just think, I think uh, to quote the president of America, they're bad hombres and... You know, I think that's the entire rolling point to this. You should subscribe to this podcast. And I don't mean like after this is finished. I think you need to go out, get your phone. You need to subscribe. Then no matter where you are, you need to go home and get your computer. And I know like, you know, your boss might not like you leaving work. But basically say, I have a family emergency. You go back, you go into your iTunes or whatever player you've got at home. You subscribe there. Then you go to your best friend's house, you knock on the door, and then when your best friend opens it, again, you see you've got a family emergency, mm. can I use the laptop? You get them signed up. It's not a bad idea, yeah. You lie down on the street injured, and you've got to say, stop a stranger, say, like, don't call me an ambulance, I've got a rare condition, my uh, wife has my medication, just let me ring, call her. And when you get your phone, you subscribe to us or this. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to appeal to all the nine year olds who are out there. Like you think you want to apply to subscribe to PewDiePie, but actually there's a secret algorithm that every time you subscribe to PewDiePie, T-Series gets free subscribers. But sorry, I'm seeing, I can barely see James, but he's uh, making a gesture for to like cut it out here i don't think he wants you saying those uh three words subscribe to pewdiepie don't think that's i think there's bots that if they pick you up reading saying that now you're done look james i own this town i know this might be pilot but damn it james i own this town you know how powerful after that gawker article that's not coming out anymore is gonna come out and you know they're gonna praise me and they're going to talk about Johnny as well. <laughs> you're going to mention and, he was uh, there. <laughs> they're going to they're going to talk they're going to talk about this and then you'll have old man Joe Rogan in his pajamas <laughs> watching his film and he'll be trembling away thinking like oh god 
these ki- these crazy kids they're on the scene they're ruling these podcasts now you know they're taking up the business and he'll be forced to invite us on just to try and like get a bit of our shine and that's when we strike <laughs> we turn we say live on his podcast subscribe to PewDiePie and subscribe to us and that will save PewDiePie from T-Series and it will also win us the podcast wars well that's burying your feet in the sand right there that's a declaration James is James is wagging his finger very he doesn't seem pleased by that statement at all but look James we've got a plan you do this all along you bought us this Ferris wheel you bought us this Ferris wheel well can I move like, I think it's time we just click the Ferris wheel for one last story from me so oh goodness We've moved on to a very topical story all about Brexit. Oh, all those dreaded words. Brexit. Jesus, to be honest, I'm not sure. Remind me again what this is. This is some obscure story that wouldn't be the one here too often, is it? Brexit. What could that be? Well, you know. Is it an issue with bread? People people are trying to get rid of bread? Is that it? I I believe it was to do with that time that. uh, Do you know Shakespearean actor? Brian Blassett, and he was in, uh, yes, well, Brian Blassett got, uh, he's a portly fellow, and he once got stuck in a fire exit, and uh, it was widely reported, it was widely reported, but I do believe Brexit, so people wanted to leave, and some wanted wanted to remain, so uh, I think, uh, I think this is that's so silly. I think that's the main part oh of Brexit. God. How amazing would it be if like some if, if like you could get an on, anonymous or somebody to hack the Brexit Wikipedia and just like that's such an incredible story. <laughs> Did you just come up with that or was that a joke you were sitting on? Yes. I was just trying to think of I was just trying to think of a name that began with BR and Brian Blassett came into my head. Such a perfect Oh, <laughs> like, well, you can visu- you can visualize you if you said any other name, you wouldn't have been able to visualize it as easy. <laughs> Pleasant, I can imagine him roaring in a doorway, yeah. <laughs> the look of panic on his face. Oh, oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> Bring me the butter. You know, exploding with this. Well. Moving on from moving Whoa. on to the topic of who wants to save Brian Blessed, <laughs> Uri Geller, Michael Jackson's best friend, mm-hmm. and that is a fact. He has said this on many occasions. Tells PM, "I'm going to stop Brexit telepathically." <laughs> Warning: Theresa May is going to use his telepathic powers. Geller added, "Believe me, I'm capable of executing it." <laughs> so this is by Sky News, and it says, "Um." Uh, Illusionist Yuri Geller has vowed to telepathically stop Brexit in an open letter to Theresa May. The TV personality said he admired the Prime Minister, but felt physically and strongly that most Britons were against the UK's withdrawal from the EU. He wrote, I physically and very strongly feel that most British people do not want Brexit. I love you very much, but I will not allow you to lead Brexit. 
So he said, as I much admire you, I will stop you telepathically from doing this. And believe me, I'm capable of executing this. And then he shared in this letter a picture of him beside um, Al Gore, the head of uh, the former head of the special intelligence services of Israel, Mossad, the former heads of the CIA and the former Russian uh, prime minister or Russian foreign minister. And also he shared a picture of him smiling beside, beside Theresa May. And he's going to stop it from Brexit. And I'm not going to read the full letter. It's a bit long. But there's one line I would really like yeah, to read to you, Johnny. He says, um, We've known each other for over 21 years since you, since you became our MP. You visited my home in Sunning, where you also lived. Three years ago, you became Prime Minister, as I predicted your victory when I showed you Winston Churchill's spoon on my Cadillac, which I asked you to touch. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a direct line from, from the story. Um, Winston Churchill's spoon on my Cadillac, which I asked you to touch. No, he does not clarify if he touched this. So and this is 100% true. You can actually go check it on my personal Twitter. I have contacted Yuri Geller asking, <laughs> did the Prime Minister touch Winston Churchill's spoon on his Cadillac? And although it's got retweeted a few times, he has not answered because he's a coward. Will you read me that quote just one more time so that I can make sure I've got this right? Okay. This is at the very start of the letter. It's yeah. an open letter to Theresa May. My dear Teresa, we have known each other for over 21 years since you became our MP. You visited my home in Sunny, where you also lived. Three years ago, you became Prime Minister. I predicted your victory when I showed you Winston Churchill's spoon on my Cadillac, which I asked you to touch. The next sentence, just, just to give context, is despite public opinion, I predicted Donald Trump would be the 54th, 45th president of the United States. As you read this, I am ensuring that Jeremy Corbyn never gets the keys to number 10 Downing Street with the powers of my mind, which I have proved again and again. I will ensure that they bend all proportion to ensure that he never takes over residence there. My power has been validated by the CIA, MI5 and Mossad. The CIA concluded as a result of Geller's success in this experimental period, we consider he has demonstrated his paranormal perpetual abilities in a convincing and unambiguous manner. Now it goes on like that, but basically he's talking about how he managed to get uh, people to sign a nuclear arms yeah. treaty. I, and I'm not joking. Yeah. Can I read that section? Yeah. On one occasion, Senator Claiborne Pell, then the head of the Senate's Foreign Relations Committee, directed me to bombard the mind of Yuli Yonostov, the former Soviet Union's nuclear negotiator, to influence him telepathically to sign a nuclear arms reduction treaty, which I did successfully. Wow, so he's taking credit for, like, peace in the free world? <laughs> yes, and he is telling Theresa May she has no longer choice because he has taken over her mind. That's surely a crime, right? <laughs> like, she's the Prime Minister. Is that not like that? That has to... There has to be some espionage act that uh, prohibits you from taking over a world leader's mind. Well, I think of a man with this amazing power That's who's going to stop him. Certainly not I. Yeah, we need somebody else who practices who practices the dark arts. Well, I mean, 
Do you know much I mean, about Yuri Geller? No more than most people who've watched him been like <laughs> disproven on YouTube. Well, I mean, like he used to bend spoons and this was his claim to fame. And then he went on to the Johnny Carson show yes, where James that's... Randi came on and simply said, here's yeah. my own spoons here. Would you try and bend them? But the energy was off, Luke. That's what was the, was the problem there. It was, it was too much naysayers around, which... No, I've just got a theory that, you see, I think all these guys actually are psychic, but I think that uh, <laughs> James Randi is a fraud and he's stealing all their psychic powers and they basically are sucked into his beard that he's kind of like, have you ever seen the TV show Heroes? Yeah, you know, The guy yeah. who steals everyone else's powers? He's pretty much that guy, except he gets all these promising psychics and he keeps stealing their powers. James Randi's, uh, he, he's responsible for Brexit. <laughs> Directly, yes. Now, here's the, but my takeaway from that is like, let's assume Yuri Geller's telling the truth. Uh, why didn't he use his, his force power to just make people vote the way he wanted them to? I think it's easier to control one person than control an entire nation. Like, you know, trying to control trying to control Linda from Scunthorpe <laughs> and Kelly from Skagness might be a wee bit hard. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I have seen him on TV talk about how he was going to bend spoons at home. Oh, yeah, I guess that was with the help of the person watching TV. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So this checks out. I can't really pick any flaws here, so... Well, Yuri Geller is famously Michael Jackson's best friend as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is this a bad topic to bring up? No, no. It's well. Is that? Do you want to go into that? Is well, I mean, it's just Yuri Geller. I think is a bit. Let's be honest. That well, that's a mind he should have probably gotten into. So, right. Well, I mean, I just think that he's a bit of you know. He, for ages, wants to always surround himself by famous people. And the fact now that he's relying on Theresa May yeah. is a wee bit... Arguably one of the most famous people in the world at the moment. Like, Arguably, but like, I think he's probably missing the glitz and glamour. Oh, yeah. And actually, see, he had said like, I mean, he predicted Trump. Yes. Is that uh, did has that been verified? Did he actually predict it, or is that just retro? Look, he'll have he'll have changed all the records using the psychic powers. There's no <laughs> point in googling it now. That's a fair point. But uh, do you know when he predicted Trump winning? Was it in any sort of a positive way, or just he just incidentally well, just picked him? Well, you know, I think he said, despite popular public opinion, I predicted Trump would become this. Right. You know, I think that, you know, I'm guessing what Yuri did was, it's a bit like, there was this account and it predicted a bunch of stuff to do with the 2016 election, but people found it after the election. It was like, they were predicting back in May, oh, Trump will win this, and then Trump will yeah. win by so much percent. But it was clearly like a private Twitter account that someone just wrote down in May. Oh, he will win by 39%, yeah, he'll win by yeah. 38%, he'll win by 30%. And you delete yeah, all wrong tweets and then suddenly it comes up and they're like here yeah. do you want to make one big prediction and then you get that one final prediction when you say something like something that you've invested in like you know you say oh the copper price is going to go up and then you know you have bought copper a month before everyone buys copper then you sell it at an amazingly high price and bail yeah that, it, that it's very clever though 
oh it is clever but like you know <laughs> it's one of those things that you people could figure out admirable but i mean i think that's the same as what we could describe as mr geller certainly not admirable certainly not admirable with his choice of friends and uh a bunch of stuff like that but i would say like he's a very intelligent guy like you know to have gotten the position that he is but how likely do you think uh it's going to be yuri geller stops brexit (laughs) <laughs> well probably not likely but it seems like i mean with the way with the sort of the two is it more than two years actually well the two plus it's coming up to free yeah so they're going on three years of just everything that's happening with brexit at this point yuri geller being the one to stop it doesn't seem any less bizarre no i kind of think that he should just storm parliament walk in <laughs> like uh dressed like uh what do you call uh benedict cumbergapatch's guy in the avengers doctor strange doctor strange dressed like doctor <laughs> strange he walks into parliament like with a like a fake glued on beard and he declares that he is gallant. he doesn't even grow uh, his own he just has a glued on <laughs> like he doesn't have time like Yuri is a strong man. He could stand against a wall and push out a moustache over about a half an hour period if he wanted, but his time is too busy, you know. With, well, he, he's uh, Israel. Is is he from Israel? He is an Israeli so citizen. Yes, he's got very thick black. He can probably grow without his ability. He could probably grow a mustache within a half an hour. Well, I think he's gone grey, but like he's Israeli. But also to mention, he's also a British citizen. He was like Israeli born, right. but I'm. I'm not sure. I don't know his exact story. He could have been British born, but like, you know, if you're Jewish, you can go to Israel and they'll be like, oh, here, you know, we can have a. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got the right to so, like, like, But I think he, going by his accent and all that, I would believe he's Israeli. That's, yeah, yeah. He certainly sounds a bit like that could be part of his shtick, too. Yeah, I mean, perhaps, perhaps. But like, I know he was part of the IDF because, like, yeah, I've heard him once talking about his regret because he shot a Palestinian like soldier once or something. Oh, really? You know, it was, it was something that I don't know. It might have been like Syrian or something, but he was involved in one of the wars. And like, you know, it was one of these shows and he was kind of talking about his greatest regret. Well, he could have probably like moved that bullet at the last minute if he really... He See, that's the up. point. Like, it might not even have been his bullet. It might have been the Palestinian fired upon him. And like in the corn freaking leash video, he went like back the boom back, and the bullet was like flying around him. And then he says, "Oh, they think they go." And I went into him, and he was like, "I've used Jonathan Davis's power for evil. I cannot forgive myself." He's essentially, Magneto from the X Men. Yeah, I mean, does he does share certain traits with Magneto? So I mean. Yeah. Now, uh, just to go back for a second to uh, Winston this, Winston Churchill's spoon on his car. So yes, on his, on his Cadillac. So I visualize that that the spoon is where like the Mercedes symbol would be. That it's on the hood of his car. Am I right to picture it like that? Yeah, that's. Uh, he doesn't mention it. But is that how you picture again, it? I have. I contacted him on Twitter about three <laughs> days ago, and he hasn't got. But when back. you read that story, um, I would imagine. I, I would imagine, like, a man so synonymous with spoons, I would imagine that there's a lot of famous people's spoons all over the place. But, of course, Winston Churchill's might take pride of place. Like, you know, maybe down, like, instead of windscreen wipers, he's got a couple of Gandhi spoons (laughs) and, like, you know, the back wipers, you know, like a spoon of Margaret Thatcher's and one of Ronald Reagan's, you know, he collects them. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you know, I'd imagine this. I'd imagine this uh, Cadillac is more spoon than car. <laughs> I mean, I... if Brexit is stopped, we have to thank Yuri. Now, has he given a date he's going to stop it by? No, he hasn't. I think it's just he's generally going, to, going stop to stop it. it. Like, you know, he's got the element of surprise. Like, you know, Theresa May might think she's going to vote for something. But then, like, you know, like in the Friday the 13th movie where, like, he takes over the person's body and, you know, makes them jump oh, out yeah, the window. Yeah. will just be like that. But, like, she'll be like at a puppet dancing, like, you know. Like dancing, like she danced the conservative cunt, but he'll be like controlling her, and then she'll be like, "Oh, uh, Brexit is over, and buy tickets to see Yuri Geller. He's very good." And then she'll slump down to the floor, defeated. So his thing is he's influencing her mind, not the nation as a whole. So if for some, if if say they decided they're going to have another referendum, and it's a vote to stay, then he can't take credit for it. Or can he? Can he say, oh, well, I was in her head when... Are you saying can he or will <laughs> I'm sure he will either way, but can... pretty much what I'm saying is the only thing I can see stopping Brexit would be that and anything else. Well, then I'm like, mm, yeah, I'll give it to Yuri. If any other scenario happens that Brexit stopped, I'd be willing to give it to Yuri because it seems like it, it seems very unlikely. Well, I mean, let's say, let's say somehow article like 50 is cancelled tomorrow Hmm. then like just miraculously then i say that our podcast needs to like i was talking to you about our first guest and you know we've been talking about it we just can't find anybody big enough and then i i don't i don't want to like james has kind of went off to the bathroom for a second so i think we can kind of get away i think he's arguing sponsor you know he said he wanted to like i should we i don't think we should have invited the sponsors here because like they thought it would be like a full fairground of movie rides it's just a kind of like dilapidated kind of scary yeah, there's place. one guy working here called uh, like jim fact- who just the people who owned it when they died they just had it that he had to stay he had to stay on so you get him with it did you did you notice that he's got a hook for an arm i think he's got two I think the other one, he's just because he has one hand in his pocket the whole time. I think he's got two hooks. No, no, no. That's Alanis Morissette. She doesn't work <laughs> here, I'm afraid. But uh, I wish I asked her to be the concessions woman. And then she said, you ought to know. But uh, no, no, uh, no. But Jim, he's got this here. But they, they're arguing with sponsors. And I think these sponsors seem pretty pissed. But um, James, he was, or Jim, as I was calling them there, because we're deep friends now. Um, the owner of Netflix Which for podcasts. Two, James called, and Jim. They're two different people. You realize that? Are they twins? Well, I can't. Wait, isn't Jim? Well, isn't Jim Chinese? Well, I can't see James. James is I in the they book, were twins. so I can't really get a good look at him. Ah, okay, okay. I was just getting sorry, confused sorry. there, but okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I was just, I was just thinking, like you know, with all the sponsors going here, like you know, they asked us to get Shane Disaster and Paul TCG on to advertise their podcast as our guests to, on tomorrow's episode. Yeah, I thought that was a bit, yeah, cheeky. Like they said, like that's the sure thing, and I was like, "Yeah, the sure thing to be cancelled." Yeah, <laughs> well, I think I they agree. think that this is just going to be an advertising vehicle for them. 
like the idea that James has thoughts is really cute, but like, no, we're not putting up with that. Look, we've got a signed contract that after this pilot, we will have a daily podcast if we're accepted by all our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, and we need all 12. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to wait a bunch. <laughs> so, how many have we lost? Three. Well, you know, I think a few of them got bored and went off to find that abracababra I was mentioning, but, like, <laughs> God knows, God knows. You know, maybe they'll just get stuck. Well, you know, maybe if we, if, we, if we get behind Yuri, that maybe he'll send some of his positive energy to us. Maybe he'll... Uh... That's what I think. I think we need him as our guest. Oh, goodness. But getting back to getting back to Mr. Geller here, do you think he is a fraud and this is fake news, or do you think he will save us um, all from Brexit? Well, I mean, I'd like to think that he 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 could save us all. Uh, I'm going to have to go with him being just a complete egomaniac, but a fun one. I would say he's good crack, but like, no, I mean. I can't see like, him stopping Brexit. Just because you might know a bit more about him than me, he doesn't. He doesn't like commune with the dead or any of this shit, right? Like he doesn't like give people false hope about their dead relatives and shit. Basically, he said during the nineteen seventies, he was a stage musician who said he had powers. Then he got like revealed, and then he kind of took on this whole "I'm yeah. an illusionist" thing, and then he basically. He palled around. I don't think he was actually really best friends of Michael Jackson, but you know, anytime the British press wanted someone to yeah, make a comment yeah. on Michael Jackson, he would say, Oh, he is my best friend. And he would do that. And I'd imagine Yuri right now, he's either in the camp of Michael did nothing or being like, I never said that. I kind of feel he's probably in that camp now, being like, I, I think actually now I could be wrong, but I think I saw after leaving Neverland, uh, leaving Neverland came out. He said that he never saw anything, but it's hard to defend him. Well, I mean that's fair enough on Yuri because like I think with I think there was this like to go into the Michael Jackson thing briefly. I think there was this whole weird thing that like a lot of people believed Michael Jackson was like you know just an eccentric dude and like. There's a lot of actions people would forget, not let, like, other people do. Like, you wouldn't probably yeah. let your direct family members do. Like, you would let a child's uncle or whatever do. But, like, for some reason, Michael Jackson was getting this pass. And there's some people who were just like, oh, he didn't have a childhood. And then I was just yeah, like, but... Macaulay Culkin didn't have a childhood. But you notice he's the dude that doesn't hang around but with that's kids like, all the a time. A lot of time people will say that where it's like, oh, well, he didn't have a childhood and he kind of felt like a child himself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's stop right there. That's the problem. That does, That isn't a defense that he wasn't a pedophile. The fact that he was a grown man who thought he was a child. That's what you need to focus on and worry about because that's like that's part of the trauma that could lead to a sick mind doing this to children. The fact that he taught of himself as a child no. isn't that that isn't a defense. That's that's worrying. No, but I don't even really think you know he would say stuff like "Oh, I didn't have a childhood" or "Oh, I liked all this sort of stuff here." But I never really remember him saying he felt like a child. There's a bunch of like yeah, people once yeah. he died. It was like, "Oh, he was a child in a man's body," and you wouldn't understand him. He was a very special person, and I was just like, "No, like you can't give." I mean, I understand that 
people like to do this but there's certain actions that like if you imagine like an uncle like you doing this to like a child or like a bus driver or something like that's the examples you just have to walk away and be like no why do you get this extra special yeah, like burden yeah. of the doubt like i mean would you let i mean i know this is just saying this but like i'm trying to think of like people who are like children's entertainers or something like that like i'm sure they had like some sort of troubled childhood like there's the trope of the sad comedian and all comedians are depressed but i'm sure there's like some children's entertainer or something like that who's just like yo like i probably had this here but like dude like i i know the remits of my job and not interested in that stay away from that yeah, that's yeah. creepy like i would come down very much on the side of like dude that guy was a weird dude like even if he didn't do it I think the parents were being grossly irresponsible of their children, <clears throat> leaving them with that Certain, kind of person. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's who, like, so much default lies with. But, I mean, it would seem that he... Like, I think he did it just because... What else? Like, when you look at the sort of way he had them come and live with him and sort of gradually started moving the parents further away from the kids and the kids closer to him it's like he clearly was grooming them as far as i'm concerned but uh yeah i don't know there's no actual evidence i guess no but i mean like for a lot of things that there are no evidence i just simply think that like how many strikes do you really get like i mean there's just the kind of weird thing is that like it's kind of, you know you hit a stage like with Bill Cosby and I know he's been jailed now but you hit a certain number of people who are accusing you of something that like you know if if I left a podcast let's say we did let's say I'd heard something about you from other mm-hmm. podcasters Johnny if I heard it from one person I'd probably not say this I'd probably like leave it to nothing but like if I'd heard from like for instance uh, Gordo and then paul and jerry and like whoever like you know shane or whatever would all said like you don't mention cheese to shane or do this here i'd be like dude that's like a serious warning you don't this is like a red rag to a bull you don't mention cheese to johnny like this will just be awful yeah i'm gonna have to go really quickly (laughs) (laughs) my trigger word no i know that's i know it's dumb but i I know what you you know when you're coming up with things like it's in the same way that like I like if I'm making a joke now and I'd say like oh I'll tell somebody somebody something like about like a joke I'd be terrified that like I could choose like a random girl's name and then it'll end up somehow being your sister's name or your mother's name or your girlfriend's name like I would go for a name like Shauna or something and that name might mean absolutely nothing to you but you'd be like here my girlfriend Shauna or my sister Shauna then you suddenly start thinking how do you know this? Are you following me or something? You know, you have to be super careful of what yeah, you say yeah. in the examples. Yeah, or if you mention like a certain type of like illness or something. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you suddenly say lupus or something and then somebody's like, dude, how, how the hell? What? You know, how do you know this? And then you're just like, oh, I just named a random disease. And you're like, why would you choose lupus yeah, yeah. of all things? It's an obscure disease. Why would you choose this? And you're just like, I watched House, and he said it's always not lupus. Uh, but you have to be so. I've actually fallen into that trap before. You'll just name like a random girl's name, and then it'll be like, 
no, but that's my sister. How do you know her? And you'll be like, oh, no, no. Like, the name Jane is a very common name. No, 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 but how do you know her? Yeah. Just won't so accept So the only thing it. you can do in that situation is you have to just pick out, like, an obscure name. Giselda. Like, but then but if you your see, sister if is you Giselda, get that, you're Giselda. You know, they'll say, like, because, you know, if you say Jane or Claire or Sarah or something like this, it's, there's a chance, like, you know, you mm. chose that name out of that. But for instance, if I said, like, the name Zelda, like Zelda Fitzgerald or Zelda Robin oh. Williams' daughter or Zelda the character, it's obscure enough that if I said something was Zelda and that was to do with the person, the person, I think, would suddenly be, like, yeah, deeply yeah. uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. I'm hoping none of these are relatives of yours or uh, or this will wreck the podcast. (laughs) I better stop naming names because I'm getting like, you know it's like the name Guess Who, you'll eventually land on something and get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure if I imagined this, but I think there might somebody made a version of Guess Who with serial killers. That was named on I think was it Gordo from TCG? Oh, he maybe put that, that up on his it. Twitter, was it? Or was it Shane? Shane? No, I think it was Shane. It was Shane oh, on the Disaster yeah. Artist Discord. I know that we. I know that that we don't speak. Oh yeah, of him, we fell out. But, uh, on the Disaster Artist Discord, like you know, yes, you fell out in the last. That was uh, that was one of the reasons I think I was, I was offended by it. That was a. Yeah, we we found it in bad taste. And then uh, we were approached because they thought you were Greg Sestero and uh, but, the rest but was, that, was that a real thing he posted or just a joke? I mean, I know it wasn't official by the fucking Parker brothers it, or whatever, but it's real. His head is cut got it. It's on the other stuff I channel. Can't... A few months, but there's not much on there. So if you just go up a few posts, like there's only like maybe half a dozen posts yes that's that's it because he found that on Instagram but he's blocked out who actually had it oh right yeah yeah so like you know I'd say that looking by the way that's made it's a guess who board but they've just made custom tiles for it yeah yeah which is just that's hilarious yeah, I guess that's easily done. That'd be good to do for like a live stream. Oh, I think that I think <laughs> two people who are really into serial killers, like you know, you because you're forming the world's first true crime podcast and mm. name redacted. Um, I think that uh, I think that could be quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, you could do anything. You could do with war criminals. I mean, if I mean... you're to really do something on a live stream, which you can do, which I think could be fun if you got the right people, would be to do a Cards Against Humanity live stream, which you can play that online and just get like five people and you just play it and you just stick yeah. around. Well, that's what that was something I wanted to do with disaster artists to do like uh, live, like, like to do board games essentially, to have a few people over and just stream playing board games. I like bought a bunch of fucking post-apocalyptic themed ones specifically for it, but just never got around oh, to doing I mean, any of them. It's the same for Scapegoat that like uh, I intended to do like different live streams. Like there's one game I've been trying to play off Xbox and stream, and it's just never worked. 
I think I've asked you to play it a few times. It's the what do you call it? The it's the one that's set in the house. It's like God, what's it? It's oh, the what's left behind? Mine? No. This war of mine. Is that yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I actually own it on Xbox. Wait, is that multiplayer? Oh no, no, it's single player, but I just felt like if you're doing an open bottle or something, oh, right. it would actually yeah, yeah. been good fun for you and um uh, who what's your friend who owns open bottle again? Darren. Darren. I think if just if you and Darren were doing something yeah, that yeah. you could you could get through a game in about five hours, but you split it into twelve parts and then just do your own thing and try and hit YouTube advertising or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I must get back into doing some stuff for with the on the open bottle channel because it's kind of fun, easy stuff to do. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I'd imagine that's pretty much. Uh, I'd imagine it's pretty good, you know, just uh, good fun to me. Like I, that's something I really enjoy is like when I make podcasts. Like I don't make them frequently, but I always tend to get very hyped for them. And then it's the same for the YouTube channel. I don't always make stuff, but. When I make something, it's just a sudden idea flashes into my head and I know I have to make it. Yeah, when I make something yeah. in five hours and I just put it up and then I'm just like, here, this might only be seen by 30 people, but I don't care. Hello from the great beyond. This is Sarah on the Sarah Psychic Podcast, a Netflix podcast by Netflix, and it's a podcast. I'm here to listen to your problems and tell you solutions from my spirit world friends. To share with you fine folk a sample of my psychic powers, I'm going to play now a clip of one of my past people I've helped. Hi. Hi there. I'm getting something now. I'm getting words like carrot and conundrum. Something to do with the C. Does your name start with a C? Yeah, it's Calvin. You know that. C, I'm your Calvin. boyfriend. So moving on. Let's see here. I'm sensing something else from the spirit world. I see, I see three golden apples. Each apple has a face of a child on it. Do you have three brothers or sisters? Y yes, you... Perfect. Three brothers or sisters. You've met my family. Moving on. One more beautiful thing here I'm going to solve for Calvin. I see one of these apples is crying out in pain. Did you possibly have a sibling who has recently broken their arm, or leg, or other body part? Yeah, we were at the hospital yesterday. Okay, great. So, as you can see, everyone, that was a beautiful clip from my time with the poor soul Calvin, clearly in pain. Call in. Call in, and my screeners will take all your questions, and I'll be able to help you with all your problems. This is a Netflix podcast, podcast by Netflix, that have created podcasts. I am Sarah, Sarah Psychic Podcast. So, overall, Yuri Geller. Okay. So, where I would place Yuri Geller is somewhere in the middle of Alexei, a <laughs> hero who jumped out the window, and uh, the beer brewer who is. Uh, we said a shifty, a salesman, a shifty but like, character. I almost, almost respectable. Almost respectable. I mean, if he gave up his job and became a Guy Fieri impersonator, then he'd have a real job. 
Yeah, bearing in mind we could com- be completely wrong and he could be telling the truth and actually doing this. And But I don't think yeah. that's going to be the case. So The funny thing is, of all the stories we've talked about so far, if there's any chance of this ever getting back to the person involved in that story, he's the one that will hear it. I don't think he'll hear it. I don't think so, but I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not gonna link his like. We're not gonna like link you on Twitter, are we? Well, now that I've said it, somebody's going to. Oh God! Well, yeah. No, I think, I think I think I think Yuri's the biggest con man we've talked about so far. In all fairness, he he's in definitely... all fairness he is yes. I think that uh, he's the con- did I have? Do you ever just one small aside? Did you ever hear about the time he tried to sue Pokemon? No. Do you know Pokemon well? Because I'm just, mm. I'm peak Pokemon age as in, I was born in 1988. So when Pokemon started coming out, it was like about 97 when I was nine years old. So I kind of feel that I was prime age for this while I kind of feel that like, if you were like two years older, or two years younger, you might've missed it. I think I'm a, 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 at least a year or two older than you. So I think I missed it. Put it this way. Only a few days ago did I learn the Pikachu was a species, like a species, and not a single character. Okay, that's how little that's I know fair. about. Well, there is a Pokemon who is called uh, Kadabra, and you know he's a psychic type Pokemon. It's part of like a trilogy of Pokemon that evolved from one a small thing called Abra into Kadabra into a final one called Alakazam. Now mm. Kadabra is a Pokemon. And it carries a spoon, which it bends if it's mind. But it right. kind of looks a bit like a fox that's doing this. It's got this weird symbol on its fur. But Yuri Geller came, went over to Japan in about 1999 when Pokemon was still huge. And right. People were turning to him and they kept pointing to him. And he the word, name for Kadabra sounded very similar, or at least in his own head, to his name. And they were just like, oh, you know, instead of like, you know, Geller-chan, it was kind of like, you know, you know, Gara-chan. And then, you know, it was, it was something very similar yeah, to his yeah. name. And then he kind of looked at it and he said spoon bending. He's like, oh, that's okay. Then he saw the symbol on its side that looked very like uh, the SS symbol, like, you know, oh, of the Nazis. Wow. And as you can imagine, as an Israeli Jew, yeah. like this is not something that's going to be appreciated. And he was like, look, if they're just ripping me on the spoon bending gimmick, I'd be absolutely fine. But uh, Pokemon, I'm suing you because you've called me a Nazi, which I think is like a weird, a wee bit of a misinterpretation of what actually happened. Certainly, yeah. But then I was just like, God, you know, he tried to sue for money. I don't think he got anywhere. Yeah, I can't imagine so. But like, uh, you know, I suppose I could sue anyone who says the word goat or anything like that. Um, and uh, yeah, Just I imagine so everyone knows I've also copyrighted the name Space Goat because it's a anagram of my name. <laughs> like if the, if the ever scapegoat podcast becomes Sorry, more popular than me, I'm changing goat. my name to I'm changing my name to Space Goat. Just so you know. Space Goat is a great name. It's like Space Ghosts, but it's a goat, That's, and it's yeah. also a scapegoat. You're just a goat with, like, but I just imagine like a goat with like the classic, the 40s sort of cartoon, the sort of just glass astronaut suit, 
over the face, a cape for some reason. Yeah. yeah space goat. I mean, that's what I might end up changing the other podcast to if I end up living under a bridge again. So, Yuri Geller, the biggest fraud of the evening. Now, we've got one final story. Would you spin the Ferris wheel? You do the honors. You've been doing it all night. You're the one who got the Ferris wheel here. Okay. I mean, we we it was in Thunderland. We didn't uh, fundamentally move it, but it was always well, there. But okay, renovated, and who's your idea? James is okay. still gone, by the way. You know, I think you might have left us to our own devices. I think he, fa- I think he said something about podcasts need to fend for themselves. That doesn't really, that doesn't sound promising, but well, you know, we still got uh, the guy with the hooks. What do you call him? Jim. Jim. Ah, oh, yeah. Hey, Jim. I he's think... getting awfully close, but like you know, here we still got this. Uh, I still think metal... he has two hooks. You know, I think, uh, I think he's got a hook for a foot as well. Oh, well, that might be arthritis, but, but... yeah, possibly. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, you know, he's kind of an he's been inching closer and closer. He's been inching closer and closer, but like you know, we've got this like it's kind of like thin bamboo door. Like, I think, you know, we'll hold him. Like, you know, if he comes at us. But, uh, yeah, let's move on to the final story. Let's spin that Ferris wheel. U.S. police call to check on welfare of cardboard cutout hugging a pillow. This story, first of all, this only works like obviously the, the link to this has to be put into the description because it's the picture that sells this story. Sorry, let me start that again. U.S. police received a surprise when they were called to check on the welfare of a cardboard cutout figure. Officers in the snowy northern state of Minnesota were told an adult male had been seen standing motionless outside while wearing no coat in the cold and hugging a pillow actually much like jim minus the hooks the figure turned out to be a life-sized cardboard cutout of a local millionaire (laughs) and inventor mike lindell the ceo of the popular my pillow brand jordan police department wrote on its facebook page those cardboard cutouts sure can look real from a distance and the caller certainly was not wanting to get too close thinking sorry their grammar here is awful thinking who is this deranged person standing outside in the cold hugging a pillow always better to call the police mike lindell shared the post himself on thursday evening and simply posted unreal that's that's pretty much the story his uh this mike lindell character it's his post that's really the best part like just the fact that he posted it with just unreal and a picture of his cardboard cut out it's good on the concerned neighbor but i love the way that she instead of being like oh this poor man she's like what's this deranged pillow freak doing here like she immediately thinks like this guy's up to no good not wearing a jacket in the snow and he's got like such a such a big smile on his face. You've seen the picture, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like he it's genuinely nasty. seems like just an elderly, nice fellow, and you know, he doesn't seem to be up to that much badness. I wonder, can I get 
that cardboard cut out from my room. Can I describe what this guy looks like? Go for it. Okay. So, have you any ever seen the TV show Only Fools and Horses? <laughs> yeah. No, um, I forget what you call... It's not Trigger, but you know the guy who owns the... Do you know what the character's called? Pub. What? No, sorry. Go, yeah, it's, I thought you were going to say the guy the rich, that owns the pub. the rich guy who's like a bit snobby and he's got a moustache. Well, well, my knowledge... My, I, I might not have seen enough of it to know that deep into it. Is he a recurring he's, character? He's like? kind of like one of the main characters. He's some Okay, well, like... To skip this out, just for some people who don't know, only fools and horses. Okay, imagine a guy, and he's kind of wearing this blue shirt, which looks a bit like the kind of shirt that you'd wear if you had what you call the Heaven's Gate. You know the cult, like, <laughs> yeah. that kind of oh, yeah. style shirt. Yeah. He's kind of wearing this, and he's got like he's hugging a pillow, and he's kind of got like a nice watch in one hand, and his face look. If I ever asked you to describe the face of the Turkish ambassador to, <laughs> let's say, Yemen, I believe this could be the Turkish ambassador to yeah. Yemen. You would have never seen him before in your life, but you would just assume he looked like this. Or also, he kind of looks like Tom Selleck if he didn't become an actor. Like, he just grew to look like, an, he, he just aged like a normal person. Yeah, I mean, I get that as well. I mean... <sighs> Like, have you ever seen Doug Pitt, Brad Pitt's brother? I think I have. And he just, you can see, oh yeah, he does look like Brad Pitt, but he looks like what Brad Pitt would look like if he just became an accountant and just aged the same as everybody else and just became a dad, you know? I mean, I'm going to give this one more try to what to describe this as. Okay. Imagine looking completely bald, Burt Reynolds. Okay. So imagine a completely bald Burt Reynolds, but he's got oh. the hair of like a senior conservative politician. <laughs> That's pretty good. I think you've kind of nailed it there. I was so confused when you were saying a completely bald. I was like, are we looking at like two very different but similar photos? Needless to say, we might compare this gentleman to like a Turkish ambassador, but he looks like a very jovial fellow. Yeah, no, he seems like good fun. I think the Turkish ambassador is probably like he's. A Tur- I think that's the. He's a Turkish ambassador who's the life and soul of the town, and people are just like here, like you know, we're we're we want to like form a trade envoy to like Istanbul, just like to party with this guy because you know he's a pretty fun looking guy. You say it like that when you describe him as an ambassador, then I think of the pillow as being more like a sack of seeds and it's some like promotional shot of him planting, a, I don't know, a farm or something. He's planting the first seeds. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's, well, this fellow who looks, I mean, maybe because the woman thought he was the Turkish ambassador, you know, she was just like very anti-Turk. Her politics were just like, look, you know, I've been a supporter for like Kurdish independence for years and a Turkish ambassador standing out in the cold arrest this man. <laughs> like she was a serious Kurdistani sympathizer. Well, well, here's the question. What what do you if it's a it's a snowy day in Ireland and you look out your window and you see this man, he's 
he, he he's a couple of blocks away I'm using american terminology there but uh, anyway so you, you wouldn't let's say you've mistook it you've mistaken him for a real person does he strike you as alarming would, would you feel would, would you feel like you should call the cops i you know i wouldn't i don't think i would either i kind of think that like you know he's carrying a bag of some or it's a, his pillow hmm. rather but like even if it was a bag of grain i certainly even if it was freezing i wouldn't assume that like it was stolen i'd assume he bought it and he's bringing it back for like good intentions yeah because i i probably wouldn't keep staring at him because i'd be worried I, he he might see me and it look weird so i probably wouldn't register that he was just frozen and not moving i would just get a glimpse of him think okay i've just caught him in a moment maybe he's just like taking a breath or whatever um you know i get it look- i haven't stared at this picture for so long like you know i don't think this picture was ever you know, I think it's supposed to be like subliminal advertising. You walk into a shop, you see this kind of happy guy with a pillow. It's you think, oh, I might want that bread, bed. But like having stared into it, I'm slowly beginning to think I actually really need that pillow. It's like... It it's looks really re- comfortable, doesn't it? It's it's like, this is genuinely like, please, please, if James comes back, like I'm willing to like advertise this pillow. It like could all be these a, people are doing Casper mattresses. Yeah, it could and all be these Casper like, do pillows as well. It could be. I'm gonna make well, him my profile picture, I think. I I this guy I mean like you know I just you know he just looks reasonably just chill. There is something there is something pleasant about this photo. And this guy's a millionaire. Yeah. Like I'm you know very happy just, for him. I'm gonna let's look him up. <laughs> I kind of just, I kind of don't think you should spoil Mike Lindell, is it? Yeah. I kind of would just hate to learn that, like, an ex-wife said, like, oh, he's an alcoholic or something, you know? Oh, Luke. Dude, there's <laughs> even better photos of him out there. If you can Mike Lindell? Hold on a second. Oh, we can comment on this. Hold on. I sent you on there. <laughs> We're commenting on Mike Lindell. Oh, um, that didn't send. Sorry, I just, I just... Oh, are you talking about the one beside him of the American flag? I just sent you another one. Sorry, I think I fucked that up for some reason. <laughs> Who have you sent Sorry? that to? No, I Oh, my God. Did you God. get that link? Oh, my God. There's one beside beside him and President Trump. Oh, my God. This is an amazing... Like, President Trump looks kind of uncomfortable, and Mike just looks so I didn't delighted. see the Trump one. Here, I'll just, I'll, I'm just posting this to you right now. This is the Trump one. But did you see the one I just posted to you? It's uh, oh, I posted it? it on the comments to uh, on the the uh, Zencaster. It's the second. It's oh, okay. Sorry, I wasn't looking at the Zencaster. No, it's the um, second oh, one. Okay, I'll just click on this. That's the second one. But look at the Trump one. I mean, this guy is a jovial. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Oh, like this oh guy sells Trump this man. pillow. This guy, <laughs> this man is amazing. How did we not hear of him before? I'm glad you have brought this man to my attention. Like you know, like I th- can I just say right now, this woman who has like tried to like get him arrested by the cops or whatever, she is not no, a nice lady. How would you not just approach this man? If I saw this guy out and I was worried about him being cold, I would just be out. I would want to bring him in for some coffee. Oh my God. Like, the more I look at him, the more he kind of looks like, oh, you know who he does genuinely <laughs> I, I look think I know like? 
do you know the comedian do you know the comedian jeff jeff foxworthy oh, no i don't like think you so. might have been a redneck just google jeff foxworthy because like in natural reality i think oh, this what? guy looks like jeff foxworthy yeah i can see that if you look at modern picture oh i do know like that if guy. you know yeah, like yeah. The, you might be a redneck guy yeah you know he did these jokes and then i think he does like the american children's like are you smarter than a 10 year old <laughs> kind of way like you know his stick is pretty much what like you know uh yakov smirnov's like in soviet russia you know it was pretty much that but he copied that exact shtick like <laughs> yeah. seven years after the fall of the no, soviet I, I, union what what uh what's his background do you think looking at him I think pillow salesman, <laughs> but he seems to have a lot of pictures with conservative politicians. So I'm guessing he's quite rich. So the last I sent you another picture there, and he kind of has a bit of a chuckle brother look to him. Oh goodness! Oh, maybe I'm misremembering what the chuckle brothers actually look like. Oh well, I mean, like, let's put it this way: uh, Barry Chuckle cer- certainly did have some right-wing uh, opinions like this gentleman might seem to but here i'm going to see if i can oh sorry i copied an image but i need to show you this because people started to make parodies of his pillows oh wow and uh, i'm just going to send you this one final one i know this is like two grown men just looking at pictures of a guy holding pillows but this is the greatest podcast <laughs> you'll have ever heard because like the woman who called Pull that shit up the, james who called the police on this guy is clearly like an absolute crank. Like I, like it might be edited out, but I said like first the guy selling beer. He I called him harsh things. Johnny was a bit uh, like harsh on Yuri Geller, but like the woman who called the police on this yeah, poor cardboard she, cutout. She's the villain. Truly, truly, I. I think I can use this word finally and truly scum. <laughs> or scum. Yeah, I think even the Hells Angels, I, I, I'm I, on their side more than hers. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, I think if you threw a puppy at her, she would probably kill it, you know? <laughs> Isn't that bad? We've we've given everybody since a harder time than we gave the Hells Angels. <laughs> But, but what were the I mean genuinely well, they don't the Hells Angels story what were they actually doing it's kind of like it just seems like you know the way I imagine it would be there could be just be like four dudes with motorbikes just hanging out drinking beer being German being like oh, yeah, do you like Kronbacher yeah I like Kronbacher do you they like were, they were probably running a charity drive or something they could have been doing something pretty like sweetheart like you know we talked about i've seen like biker clubs running charity events in in fibbers and stuff you know i'm sure that's what they were doing i mean getting back to michael jackson very briefly and like away from people like him like the hell's angels and other biker guys used to do these like protection rackets for kids (laughs) like you know they brought the court you know they did a lot of good work you know i i don't know if you've ever heard of this yeah, but I mean, like, bikers do a lot of good works. And then you get this punk kid turns up, like, not wearing a shirt, which is, like, rule number one, a fashion crime in Germany. Like, mm. they wouldn't appreciate that. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, where is that shirt? We'll buy you one because we are kindly hell's angels. They say, yo, fuck you. I bought this puppy and I'm going to throw it at you. I traded my shirt for it. I do what I want. And they're like, please do not throw that hunt at me, dear boy. And then he throws it and then he like whips down his shorts, moons them. And he's just like, fuck you. I'm stealing a bulldozer. I do what I want. And then he hops onto the bulldozer. He's just driving it really slow. And they're just like, should we chase him down? Nine, we have had more than one beer. So we would be breaking the law. Yeah, we need to wait for at least 45 minutes to burn off the alcohol. So they're like waiting, and he's chugging down the road really slowly, and a bulldozer in there. Fuck you, Hells Angels! He's still clearly within like seeing distance, and he's just like chugging along. The, all these traffic's, ah, you know, it's like have you ever seen uh, like wacky races? Yeah, he's yeah. building up. He's building up this sort of lead, but he kind of like keeps trying to like lay traps for them, like you know, trying to stop these guys who aren't really bothered, who are like, it's a thank, thank, like, thank you for that, puppy. But we already have dogs at home. We do not want the dog to be harmed. We will have to call animal welfare. And then this guy says, "Fuck you." Yeah, I mean that's the way I imagine that story. The second story to summarize. That was your which story? Uh, the was... the man drinking alcohol for Lent. Was that the second? Yeah, one? yeah, that was the second one. And you know, honestly, my interpretation of that story—I don't know what yours would be—is either he's just like some guy who, like you know, his dad owns the company, and he's just you—he's basically like stone cold alcoholic who's just been like you know I need an this is a marketing stunt they're like no 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 son son you can't claim this this is Thanksgiving you can't keep drinking like that it's not no it's a marketing stunt son where are the cameras it's a marketing stunt like it's either that or he's just like a reasonably un- unreliable PR guy or it might just be like he's not an alcoholic but like his wife has just left him and he's like I I know I'm going to need to embrace those dark arts for about a month and I don't want people to ask questions I just need to get through this so I'm inventing this story so as I can drink drink myself silly for a month and get over this well, I do think there's a certain thing with Americans that you can say something came from Ireland or Germany or Italy and people will tend to believe you. Like, you know, if somebody, if I kind of, if you come up with, like I've done this with my American flatmates when I was living in Prague, was I just invented holidays because I wanted to have a house party? <laughs> I fucking like, I like your style. No, I was just kind of like said like, Oh, you know what? Have you ever heard of Midsummer's Night? Oh, it's Midspring's Night. It's halfway through spring. It's Midspring's Night. Um, yeah, we've got to do something. It's like ancient Irish custom. They're just like, oh my god, this is so educational. Oh my god, Midspring's Night. <laughs> I can get by that to celebrate. Oh, this is the the Letras celebration. Yeah. I was like the thirtieth day of the year. I was like, well, there's some secret meaning there. No, but that's the thing, I think, which is the joy of having... I know that you might not count this as an Irish accent because I'm technically a Nordy, but, like, having this sort of accent sometimes with Americans, you can pull off the daft stuff. It's a a far more Irish accent, though. Like, as in... what what, At least what what foreigners think of as being Irish. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I kind of put it on even stronger when I'm with foreigners. 
and sometimes you can somehow reach this like charming state that they'll believe stuff that you tell them which is utter bollocks you see i kind of envy that the further north you go you get much more sort of <coughs> sorry uh, i guess romantic accents this sounds they sound nicer or more pleasant to the ear and uh, yeah, I, I think you could probably like lead, lead people into a false sense of security very easy. No, but that's Donegal. Like, you know, I think you've kind of got nice enough accents around, for instance, Tyrone, Fermanagh, Derry. They're kind of nice, but you got Donegal and that's rated generally the best mm. accent in the world. They can stay. If you're from Donegal, you can pretty much start a cult without any other background. No, I mean, I live there and you kind of just got lads. And, you know, it's kind of... I, the thing is, I would find it impossible to get in an argument with someone from Donegal because the way they speak is just so calming. Mm. Mm. Like, you know, I would love, like, if someone just made the Donegal podcast and they're just like, and the weather in Falkara is very nice. Well, the weather in Dunfanahy's just getting yeah, like, slightly better down the lane. And then you're listening to these guys and like, and Ladder Kenny, there's a car crash. And you just go to sleep listening yeah, like, to this and be like, oh boy, Ladder Kenny car crash. You'd never be able to listen to an audiobook written or, or read by somebody from Donegal because you would just have to keep restarting it because you'd keep falling asleep during it. Oh, but I've got podcasts like that which I've never finished and it's just great for sleeping. That's why I'm I'm glad I've like, got a very great voice <laughs> that will keep people up. I think the Midlands accents are fine. <laughs> I mean, like, the kind of voice that I would really, because, like, the Cork City accent where they sing is great, but, like, if you got a really, and it's dying out now, but a really dirty kind of, like, West Cork accent, like, you know, somewhere... I don't mean like skibbering, but you know, it's somewhere towards Bantry and stuff like this, that it's just like, you can get a really dirty yeah, Cork yeah. accent. And I think that would be incredible because like, you know, I, I with the greatest respect, that's where my mum's from and all this sort of stuff. But it's like, you can get this crazy accent and then, you know, that would be the most enthralling thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, can we agree that the American guy probably won't drink beer for 40 days? I think that's a pretty safe bet. Then the next one was the Russian drunk. Can we agree <laughs> without much question, hero? I think we've established that, yeah. Can I say the thing that when I read the story originally, and I haven't found this actually after this, that the first time I read the story was a few years ago. And the original version of the story, it says he wasn't injured at all. But uh, when he fell to the ground the second time, the ambulance pulled up and they were so pissed off at them wasting his time. The ambulance man clocked and (laughs) broke his jaw. (laughs) No, that's not in any of the versions of the stories I could find online. But that was a version that I actually had read originally. I think that, like, you know, he suffered for, like, his greatness. He's dying for our sins, like truly a savior amongst men an absolute hero that sounds like a detail that wouldn't be added unless it happened but i can see why they might pressure people into taking it out after the fact so i'm going to assume that that was true i just i think i just hope it was but well the thing that i felt part of the story which is probably the biggest lie was when he said oh no no i'm, I'm teetotal absolute sober. yeah yeah 
Like, I would say, I'm just looking at you, Alexa, I've been like, like Fonla, like Fonla. <laughs> then, um, like, maybe another liar. <laughs> this is supposed to be a fake news. This is, please, another fake newscast, an original podcast. So, <laughs> you know, I'd say that this is a liar. Okay, and then the next story you told was of the Condiment King. Yeah, I think that is probably... I would say everything in that article was probably absolutely true because I don't think anybody would make up something that showed them to kind of look, I mean, not in any bad light, but it just like, it's almost like an, other than the fact that he was trapped for a few days, it's a non-event. Like he'd done nothing, you know, you would add some, you, you'd add something, you'd add some flair to it. It's like the story version of I done goof. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's not really... <laughs> It's kind of like you think it's kind of like my dog got trapped and that's why I had to go look for him and that's why I got snowed yeah. in or something. Like, you know, you'd make up some detail. but He like, didn't even save his dog at any point, you know? Like, you know, in the screenplay version where we have John C. Riley, I think this is going to be much different. <laughs> yeah. The dog will be played by... Um, uh, will Farrell. And... <laughs> will Farrell. Will Farrell and uh, for some reason James Franco <laughs> in a dog costume, one playing the tail and one playing the front. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the next story was my story on Uri Geller. Which I think we established he's the greatest con man in uh, media, perhaps. <laughs> yes, but um, Johnny will have to, if Brexit is stopped in without like a random vote <laughs> then i will reverse like it, mine jerry will pu- publicly from what what was that you said you'll publicly uh, reach out to yuri geller if you ever come across him and apologize yeah i'm willing to do that you know if it... so like you don't have to go looking for him but let's say that randomly you're just walking around dublin and then like you somehow you know, I don't know why, but I know Yuri would be hanging around Thomas Street for some reason. And you're walking down Thomas Street or whatever, and then suddenly out pops Yuri Geller. You'd have to say, Mr. Geller, I'm terribly sorry. You don't have to contextualize it, just tell him you're sorry and walk away. Yeah, I, I'd be willing, I, I would definitely approach him then and, and acknowledge how, how wrong I was. But I'd be, if, 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 I'm wrong. I, I'd be willing to seek him out as well. I'll, I'll start. If if Brexit doesn't happen under anything other than a, a second referendum, I will like tweet him every day until he until he accepts my apology. You know, even if this doesn't end up in the podcast, I am somehow like inserting that into another podcast just to have it quoted i'll just be like a uh, uh, special announcement an advertisement by uh, johnny from disaster artists <laughs> just like have that it's just a special comment does it keep you out of context but, um, it's even better <laughs> johnny like johnny uh, bought an advertisement on my podcast to say the following <laughs> I made him pay for the nose. <laughs> that that would actually be a much better April Fools is rather than release this episode, like just use clips of it and like do another episode and have you like quoting obscure things since you played advertise. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that because it's been three hours and that'd be very cool, but it would be funny. I, I, would, I would kind of accept that too. 
Well, what's so? Where are you on Yuri Geller? Um, honestly, I think he's an absolute fraud. But like, I think the thing about him is he's an entertaining fraud, yeah. which is something I can appreciate much more. As far as I know, he he hasn't done that thing where he's contacting the dead and like selling false hope to people. So I kind of don't really care about him. Then my problem is with you these know, cold I've... readers who you know sell. You know, like you see them fucking where like there's somebody missing and they can like tell where they are and they fucking go and visit the parents and say, oh, Hannah's still alive or whatever. You know, that's the shit where I'm like, fuck those guys. They're utter scum. Oh, I mean, I would I would agree with that. Like they don't seem like good people. And, you know, there's other people who do like doggy mind readers or baby mind readers. Like it's just like a complete cold reading con. Yeah, it's like oh hey like you know what you know your baby or your dog's never going to be able to tell you that what they're saying is wrong yeah. so it's like oh you know it's like the simpsons were like oh i'm a doggy mind reader well this dog hates his mundane light he wants a plush yeah. lever yeah. collar and this expensive <laughs> bowl even though that's a con it's not it's not predatory so i kind of don't care i'm like oh they're just playing a game and they're, they're con men but like they're not actually like people that are giving them money to do this i think deep down they kind of know what they're doing i think it's it's only when you start like preying on people's emotions and when they're in a in a dark place that's when you become a scumbag so i, I yeah i mean like there's the famous one john edwards yeah. in the united states absolute like i'd advise absolute scum like he's one of the worst i'd, buy, I'd advise people to watch the darren brown special on that yeah. because that was very good like he was just showing like how he wasn't explaining his techniques but he was showing like how you can persuade people that you know like you know if i had more than you here i'd be like oh i'm sensing there is a person very close to you whose name begins with S. Yes. And then you'd be like, oh, hey, uh, my dad's name was yeah, da, yeah. Da, da or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the last story that you covered was on Mike Linnell, who asked to become our podcast mascot. <laughs> we wanted Yuri on. They wanted Paul and... Uh, they want to pawn Shane on. I think we have to have Mike on. I think that's the only thing that makes sense. That's the winning move. Like, that's know, what I'm... gets us this Netflix, uh, the, this exclusive deal over those apocalypse guys. Yeah, I mean, there's more podcasts in the running, but like the less said about those, the better. Um, but I mean, like, I think that we should get him on as a third co-host. <laughs> I've got that much. Um, uh, <laughs> love for this man i think we I, i'm just gonna put my foot down and say look you can't have a podcast without him <laughs> that's just the tagline i love it yeah love it. Lindell, well you know here i, I mean oh, i'm goodness between him and alexei who do you think is the bigger hero i I gotta go with the the uh, sort of Hispanic Tom Selleck lookalike h- hugging a pillow. I think that's gonna win every every time. Well, I kind of think that like we certainly need to if we don't have a staff apart from Jim, who's getting dangerously close. Um, what I have to say, 
He's literally, I can feel him breathing on my neck now and it's getting really distracted. Yeah, bug, bug, bugger off, Jim. But, um, I mean, seriously, if, like you know, well. we could get this guy, if we could get, if we could get, like, Thunderlad, but instead of having staff, we just got Mike Lindell cutouts and filled the park with them, I think we could count this as modern art. Like a weird serial killer lair. Oh my god, that'd be the best. <laughs> but okay, so um, this has been please another fake newscast where we've talked about fake news, the most original idea on the internet. Only podcast and, doing uh, it. Hopefully, eight days a week, twice on Sunday. Yeah, we promises a, a long first episode, so uh, you know this is going to be quite short. You know, it's going to be one of those things that you look back at this and think. <laughs> that length of an episode you know what i really want is something about four times as long and don't you worry we will be recording pretty much if all until if all our sponsors didn't drop out this would have been twice as long oh goodness like you know you know i just still need to thank the following brands that uh oh there's none no well i mean look I would just like to say that uh, in that case, this podcast is sponsored by uh, the Disaster Artists podcast, which uh, you can listen to, and the, they've got uh, 65 great the episodes. The archived uh, version. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, is there a different? Yeah, I mean, like the archive version. Well, because, because it's not continuing anymore. It because... Th- because it's it's not continuing anymore. I mean, it's pretty much Some people, somebody thought they were like, too big for it like someone like someone stabbed Johnny in the back and we know who they are and yeah I mean that's <laughs> the archive version will uh, is sponsors us and uh, it's also sponsored by scapegoat which um, I have uh, sold to the man um, I was that confident I've, I was that confident that I have sold it and do you know who I've sold it to? I don't. I've waiting to hear. Well, you know, because of his absolute fear of this podcast, I managed to sell it for a cool $25 to Joe Rogan. Nice. Now it's, that's money in the bank. That's money in the bank. So you can expect after this episode, if you listen to Scapegoat, only Joe Rogan. <laughs> So on the Joe Rogan uh, experience, he's going to be listening to only, he's only going to be watching movies. And if you want to listen to normal Joe Rogan content, go to the Scapegoat Podcast, <laughs> for I assure you that's where you'll find all the great interviews. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> I know, I know. So uh, that's been, uh, I've been Luke, and this has been... I've been Johnny. Okay, and uh, this is uh, please another fake newscast. So we hope you listen to our evening episode because we're that confident we're probably going to double up. So please listen to our evening episode on April the 1st where, you know, we're going to talk about some crazy stories, maybe even like a poop on the New York subway. So we'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Have a nice fake newscast. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, cheers. Oh, that was very fun. Oh man, like, well, I've got to, I've got to say, like, you know, I don't, I really don't, uh, I really don't like this whole Paul 
Shane situation. Like, you know, they're they're just stealing our bit. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I, and I think, I know we were talking about how, like, you know, our plan was to steal a bit, but I think it kind of makes more sense for us to steal somebody else's bit because I think we're kind of better, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, can I tell you the thing that I've always fancied doing? Yeah. Oh, you wanted to kill a man, was that? Yeah, so we need to take, we need to take over. We need to like, we, we need to get in on the fake news on on the on just news coverage in general before anybody else gets there. We need to get on the true crime. Then we need to get on the conspiracy stuff. And I think we need to get Yuri on side. I know you think he might be a fraud, but I think he's our only stop to stop Paul and Shane. Yeah, I think ironic comedy we could do too. Like maybe if we just like covered our faces in plastic bags and record. But you know, the, I think, you know, that's a potential that we might have. But you know, the thing about that is then we'd have to talk about like a cat who's clearly called Thomas and talk about his day in a whimsical form for about five minutes. I would rather do is right, you know, we get onto a major Irish manufacturer of let's say someone like Chris <laughs> and we we kind of declare like some sort of like World Cup of crisps and then we get them hook line and sinker and then we kind of sell them but it's mostly based off one brand and then kind of like you know we get it to the me- we get it to the end and then we get all that money that's a pretty sweet idea or a pretty salty yeah. idea well as i've got to say johnny <laughs> keep it salty <laughs> <laughs> i think we could stop recording yeah. <laughs> Well, Jamesy, I think that podcast went very well. The name's James, and I'm not sure it went so well as you think. I think we knocked him dead. Like you said, you wanted about 45 minutes of content, and here we have a two-hour podcast. Like We've more than doubled your investment. Yeah, but we wasted a lot of money with that. I mean, you guys are wasting a lot of money. You spent all your budget for the year on an abandoned amusement park? I mean, first, what's that about? Well, like, you know, we wanted a Ferris wheel to pick a topic. And, you know, we started off with, like, a spinning wheel, which is about three feet. And, you know, it just slowly escalated. And I kind of feel that, you know, to have an actual Ferris wheel brings so much to the podcast. Well, not even just that. I mean, we had 12 sponsors. Like, we financially were okay, but you guys have treated them horribly, you know, your conduct on the air, you've you've scared them all away. We have none now. Well, I kind of felt like, you know, some of the products we were advertising, you know, just the topics we picked, ironically, we shouldn't have been saying those things, but I kind of think the sponsors were pretty snobby. They didn't get our vibe. So, like, you know, maybe just, maybe just get better sponsors. Well, I mean... My job is essentially to get you sponsors, and I did, and you messed up. Well, I mean... And also, we have to talk about the rest of your planned episodes. 
all the proof of concept you've given me are all about Resident Evil characters. The next foreseeable episodes are all about Resident Evil characters. What is, I mean, what is that about? Well, that is absolutely well, I mean, This is a fake news con- like podcast. And, you know, we're very inventive. We're one of the first fake news podcasts to ever exist. And you know what is fake news? The fact that Re- Rebecca Chambers hasn't appeared in any games since 2002. Now, you look at me in the eye and tell me that isn't fake news. Well, I can't look at you in the eye because we're not in the same place right now. And I've just, I've had enough of this and I'm, I think I'm out. So you're out and we're getting more money on a new producer? No, you're not getting anything. Zip. Nada. You're fired.